This week on the Steam Machine Podcast, dig you some ditches and burn you some torches, and that means we're playing Terraria. Cue the music! Hey everybody and welcome back to another episode of the Steam Machine Podcast. My name is Dalton and joining me as always with the Shark Bros. What's up? It's Nate. Hey, it's Willie. How and you returning doing? Returning for I believe his second episode in a row, am I correct? Yeah. We have one Mikhailov, otherwise known as Team Retro. Buddy, how you doing? My internet's working for the moment. <laughs> uh, yeah, let's address that up front. Last episode when you guys heard Mikhailov say, Oh no. That was when he was gone the rest of the episode. It's because he just disappeared. Like, his internet crashed, and he was gone. <laughs> and he never came back. <laughs> the behind the, scene, the behind the scenes to that is that I was literally connected to my phone hotspot, desperately trying to upload my audio to Dalton. Yeah, he's like, oh, God, please work, please work. And it did. So everything was fine. Uh, let's see. What have you guys been up to the past two weeks? Let us start with... I'm going to go clockwise on my screen. So, Willie, what have you been up to the past two weeks, my good sir? Uh, yeah, sure. Um, Man, oh, shoot. I had something... I'm trying to find a certain tab on my computer, and I've opened too many tabs looking for <laughs> TCBY. Found it. Um... <clears throat> So I've been, uh, I know a little while back I kind of busted on uh, Atari 2600 games a while back, but I kind of wanted to give a couple of them a fair shot. So I tried to get some uh, emulation set up and running on my computer and decided uh, I would probably want to install multiple systems. So I decided to go ahead and do a RetroArch. And I found out uh, when I was looking up info about a certain game that it also has a thing called a community called Retro Achievements that uses like this peek system kind of peeks into the game's memory and then like live tracks what you've done in games so it can like pe- people make achievements for various retro games and then the game can actually live upload them as you accomplish them and so i was just kind of uh playing around with um a couple of old atari games i found this out and started kind of shooting for achievements on old atari games and i'll tell you what my main complaint that atari games don't hold up and you can't play them for too long um I'll tell you, man, play some Activision games because I was actually having a good time just trying to get the uh, scores that would get you a patch back in the day. Because uh, a lot of these old Activision games, they used to have um, a uh, giveaway in the manual where if you reach a certain score, you take a photo of your screen and uh, mail it to them. They'd send you like a patch you could sew on your shirt that says you're a member of the Order of Hero or a you know River Raider or a Mega Maniac or whatever, depending on what game. And I thought that was really cool, so I just started playing a couple of the games and had a lot of fun playing the game Hero, especially. Like, that one's a blast. So, if you need, like, a kick in the arm to play old retro games and you're interested in, like, you know, uh, uh, new challenges and stuff, a lot of the games on Retro Achievements have some really interesting achievements. And, like, it works automatically, which I didn't think... I, I've talked about it to Nathan. He also thought it was, like, a, uh, you know 
honor system report what you've done thing. But no, it like straight up reports it straight out of the emulator. You don't even need to download anything other than RetroArch and configure it, create an account there. And next thing you know, it's like sending in your high scores. And like right now, I'm one of 35 people on Retro Achievements that has a high enough score to get the patch for the game Hero, for instance, which, wow, it turned out Hero was pretty cool. I just want to say RetroArch is an amazing piece of technology as far as like it just being a hub for all of these different emulators because you can emulate stuff from like you're saying atari all the way to scum vm you can emulate ps1 um i believe it even has uh, ppsspp now which is the psp one um i don't know how good the cores are for those usually i go with the standalones but retroarch is and it pains me to call it that but i'm gonna keep calling it that retroarch like is doing a good job at building up because when I first started using it, it didn't have near the cores that it has now, right? And they keep updating it, keep adding it. And the Steam version too, they, they've been adding a lot to the Steam version as well. And I'm very interested in seeing um, some of these achievement stuff for like some Super Nintendo RPGs and NES games. Uh, like, you know, thinking about Nate going and playing like maybe like Dragon Quest 1 and seeing like what achievements it has for that, like what you can get for it. I'm thinking, you know, Stanley search for dr livingston i wonder if there's any for that you know <laughs> or star tropics you know just think i don't know it's just interesting i, I like that a lot of a lot. these a lot of these retro handhelds have retro arc just built in as part of their back end and so that's all they run it's just a front end so you could for you could select your game and then retro arc. yeah so a lot of the ones that have wi-fi built into them they just have retro achievement support right out of the gate the Steam Deck, when you go to set up emulation on that, one of the options is sign into your Retro Achievements account, and boom, it's just there. That's so cool. Yeah, I was just surprised by how easy it was to configure RetroArch, because I really expected a big multi-core system like that to be as much of a pain in the ass to get set up as MAME was originally. And no, like, I really just got started and right you know, away. Like, when I want to do um, old-school emulation on my PS3 that I have hacked, it's RetroArch. When I want to do it on my 3DS attacked, it's fucking retro art. <laughs> like, it's just, it's so easy to use. And it's intuitive, and there's, like, a lot of different settings that you can change in there to, to get the most out of whatever game you're playing. You know, um, if you want to get real deep into it, um, there's, you know, it, it provides you a folder. So, like, if you go to load a game, um, and it requ- like it'll, it'll pop up in the corner and be like, this requires a BIOS file to run at best, you know, whatever the fuck. So you go and download the BIOS file, and you go into RetroArch folders, and boom, there's a BIOS file folder. And it's just easy to just click, drop, boom, now you're good to go. Like, they just streamline everything and make it so easy to use. Like, it's really a good program for emulation. I recommend it to everybody. You guys are completely talking my language right now. (laughs) I was just a long-time holdout because I preferred to have, like, the maximum control or whatever and configure each emulator separately and all that. But, like, having everything in one place and having it just work out of the package... And still having that ability to be flexible with it when I want to change. Like, you can choose different cores, which means different emulators that are running under the hood. But it still all shares that one interface. And you can put it all in one directory structure and stuff. Like, it just feels like better housekeeping, you know? And, you know, say there's a a game that you want to play. Let's just use Chrono Trigger. Let's say Chrono Trigger doesn't run good on one of their cores. There's like four or five different Super Nintendo cores that you can choose from to download. So you could try one of the other ones because it, it is a hit and miss sometimes with cores and things like that. Yeah, there you go. Look at that expensive piece of plastic right there. Yeah. I have... I have it on Steam. 
<laughs> no, but that is one SNES game that I probably will break down and get at some point. DS version, nice. Because <clears throat> I have two of the um, Final Fantasy games, the two of Final Fantasies for SNES, but I'd like to have the best Final Fantasy for the SNES, so I need to get Chrono Trigger. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. I oh. tell you, dude, I bought this game right here for like 30 bucks. And it is now doubled in that and what it's worth. Does that include being in box? Because in box goes for more. I mean, I believe in box so. is like two hundred bucks right now for the DS version. So the card itself is this, in my 3DS. Yeah, it's got everything oh. in here. Yeah, this here seventy five bucks loose. That's ridiculous. Last year, last year. Now it's probably higher now. This used or, you know, Fantasy Star used to be the one that I had that was worth the most. For the Super Sega Master System, so I'm curious now: if is it is it Chrono Trigger for DS or is it Fantasy Star? I might have to look. I all I know is that SNES Chrono Trigger complete in box is like going for twelve hundred dollars right now. Yeesh! That is out of my price range. That is out of most people's price range. I could buy it, but I would it's, regret it. It's insane. It. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, here I am complaining about money, and I'm looking at a freaking nine hundred dollar handheld. Um. So, Chrono Trigger DS loose seventy two ninety eight complete in box one oh three oh seven. So mm. hold that thought for one second because this is gonna bug me until I compare this. Fantasy Star Sega Master System. Fantasy Star for the Sega Master System loose sixty eight twenty six complete in box close one thirty two sixty one. I don't have the manual though. No. Oh, unfortunately. Oh. I wonder how much you could find the manual for on its own. I don't know. I really want it, though. So if anybody listening, if anybody listening can ever find a Fantasy Star, just the manual for the first Fantasy Star for Sega Master System, let me know how much it is, and I will pay for it. So I can complete my complete my box. So the original Sega Master System? Yeah. I'm researching. I think you and Nate both are. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's... I would love to play that for the show one day because that was my first ever RPG. But that's one that that would be a retro arch episode to tie that in <laughs> because we'd have to emulate it because it's never been released. Um, Honestly, if you if you guys ever decide to do an episode on retro on retro arch, I I wouldn't mind guesting for that. Okay. Oh yeah, man, you you kind of are the, the one of the retro guys in our in our group. So I mean, I can't I can't disagree with that. And then <clears throat> Fantasy Star two, three, and four. Are available in the Sega Master, uh, or excuse me, the Genesis Mega Drive collection. So you can get Fantasy Star two, three, and four on Steam. Here's some bullshit though: the PlayStation three version of the Genesis Mega Drive co- collection had an unlockable Fantasy Star one. The one on PC and the one on PS four and stuff does not have an unlockable Fantasy Star one. I'm like, why would you? Re- why remove that? <laughs> it was probably like six kilobytes. Like, what the fuck? I'll just wait till it's a playable yeah, mini game. It? Yakuza's ten. <laughs> yeah, what is it with companies doing that? The Final Fantasy Pixel remasters have all these awesome features on Switch, not on the Steam version. Square Enix is known for that though, because when the PC version of Dragon Quest XI first came out, it was the PS4 version and not the Switch version, which the Switch version had all of the cool stuff like 2d mode and all that mm. stuff and then they then they released later on they released 
that version onto PC, which is what's available now. I don't even think you can buy a regular Dragon Quest XI anymore. But if you did have the original Dragon Quest XI, you still had to buy it again. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. They were not one of the ones that's like, oh, you can get the upgrade for free. You guys played that we for did. the show, didn't you? Yeah. 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 That was, and part one is one of our most listened to episodes. Yeah. Wow. Nice. That was one of um, the early episodes for this trio. When... And, and the opposite of Square Enix, when GOG first put out GOG Galaxy, which is their interface, like Steam, um, <laughs> they were like, do you own The Witcher 3 on Steam? Link your Steam account and we'll give it to you for free on GOG. So there, it was also like, if you have it on PlayStation, link your PlayStation account and we will give it to you free on GOG. Well, also, if, if you have The Witcher 3, or it was like if you bought The Witcher 3, they gave you The Witcher 1 Enhanced Edition for free. And then I think I ended up with The Witcher 2 for free somehow as well. So, like, I have all The Witcher games <laughs> on GOG and Steam because of that. And shout out to them because that's just super cool of them to be like, oh, you already own our game? Well, here's another version of it. And this version is DRM free. Enjoy. You can play it whenever you want. Actually, Witcher 1 is a phenomenal game. Yeah, the I've heard the combat hasn't aged quite well, but I've heard the story is tremendous. The combat is definitely weird, but... I actually played it with a Steam controller back in the day, and it translated all the mouse and keyboard controls to actually something that was functional, and it turned out to be a pretty good experience. Nice. Hmm. Um, but yeah, um, I guess we should we should rein it in a little bit. Willie, what else have you been up to, my good sir? Uh, I got new glasses. <laughs> Yay! He can see again. It's always a good feeling. Yeah, these are the first pair of glasses I've had in my current prescription, so... I've, had, I've been wearing either old glasses or contacts all the time, and it's nice to see things without, you know, my eyes getting progressively dry. I used to, like when I was younger, hated wearing my glasses. I thought I looked better without them. Till one day, this girl I was crushing on was like, you look really good with your glasses on. And I've uh, been wearing them ever since. Because, I mean, you could even have... <laughs> this is the face that's going to fuck you. <laughs> this is the face that you get to see in public. <laughs> <laughs> or at Publix. Or at Publix. You can be my pub sub. That's your yeah. pub sub right there. Oh, ah, jinx! You owe me a metaphorical coke. Nice. Uh, all right. Well then, two grams. Uh, Mikolov, what you been up to, good sir? So, last week, a school in my district um, found a kid with a gun, caught him, arrested him, did mm. the whole shelter in place thing, and. Made the news and all that. And so, you know, we just kind of went about our day, you know, glad that they caught him before anything disastrous happened. Yeah, for Literally sure. the next day, my school goes into lockdown. At the time that it happened, I was in the hallway. And so I had to jump into the closest room I could find, which was the teacher's lounge, which is next to the kitchen, which is all open <laughs> so i locked both doors took a chair put it next to the vending machine because it was as far away from everything as possible as i could and i just happened to have my steam deck with me <laughs> don't ask me why i was walking the halls of my job with my steam deck. <laughs> faculty of the year school, school so, shooting man better get some gaming in before <laughs> I'm literally, I'm literally playing Terraria well over the announcements. We are in lockdown. We are in lockdown. An emergency has been reported. 
And so it turns out it was nothing. The, this kid, like, from another school broke in so he can, like, roller skate in the middle of my school for whatever reason or logic that needed to to happen. Do it for the vine, and, bro. Uh, vine. <laughs> I'm pretty sure they call it TikTok now. Yeah, whatever. But it, those Damn are clouds! vines, aren't they? So, other than that... Um, have you ever played Bard in Final Fantasy XIV? Yes. Yeah. I well, th- let me clarify that. I played Bard long enough to unlock Bard and be able to play the instruments. Oh, okay. So you never actually tried running through it as a class? Uh, no. My Bard's like level thirty-six, forty, something like that. Gotcha. I was going to ask your opinion on it, but that would be a question probably I- for Fenris, my good sir. Yeah. So that's going in the uh, MMO chat <laughs> later. Yeah, um, well, fin. But I've, I got to level fifty, and I'm actually kind of enjoying it. There's something special about raining just arrows upon arrows on your enemies. Yeah, see, that was a weird choice to me that they made Barda an archer. Like you, you start off archer. as an archer, and then you, you're, when you get your job upgrade or whatever, you turn into a bard. I'm like, that just seems weird. It should have been archer and then ranger. Your, your bow and arrow becomes. A harp. A harp. That is a that yeah. yeah, It's legit. It's a, it's a harp that shoots. They explain it somewhat in the story quests, because the whole premise behind the bard class is, like, this legendary archer, like, just started singing to, like, keep himself from being scared in the middle of battle, and it ended up rallying the rest of the troops. And so, like, it just became a class from there. Huh, that makes sense. I don't... I... <clears throat> I... I don't think I paid too much attention to the class. Oh, well, I guess I didn't really see that many of them now that I'm thinking about it. <laughs> I forgot you get them like every five levels, so I would have seen like one. Yeah, they, they, you don't find that out until like probably I want to say like level 35 or 40 because like one of the quests is like listen to the tale of the foolish archer and lead. the guy's singing about himself essentially. But. My favorite piece of Final Fantasy 14 lore, having never played the game, is that in Final Fantasy 14, the gun blade was invented before the gun. <laughs> yes. That it, yeah. yeah. In fact, they just took the blade off, and now it's a gun. <laughs> it makes sense. Funny thing is, is it... I think the the gun isn't it like the gun blades are named after like they were the blades of Queen Gunhilda or something like that. See, I don't tank, so I don't know that story. So I'm not that far in the Gunbreaker story, um, but I want to say that you're on the right track. Yeah, I'm, um, I'm, here, I'm half remembering stuff I've heard third hand. So. I just think it's very funny that they put a sword on a gun before they put a gun on itself. It's like, man, you know, if you if you took this wieldy, heavy blade off this thing, you might be able to aim it and shoot it more accurately. And that's how the machinist was born. Wasn't the whole premise uh, of the gun blade not to be able to shoot it from a distance, but actually to be able to ignite the bullet like while you're point blank slashing at the enemy? Yeah. I mean, if you want to take Squall's thing. That was the idea in like FF8 yeah, or whatever. Yeah, you hit yeah. the trigger. But I also, I yeah. used to picture... You just like stabbing into someone and then pulling the trigger, boom, and just shooting them while they have a big blade through them. It's brutal. That's a brutal weapon. Ooh. If you think about it, that sounds like some real bloodborne yeah, exactly. shit. Exactly, getting the visceral kill. <laughs> yeah, completely nonsensical. <laughs> that, that escalated quickly, dude. Bl- that's why it sounds like bloodborne shit. Oh, we need to throw Nate into a Souls game. Ooh. 
I bring Bloodborne to the PC. That would be I real. I mean, yeah, it's probably going to be Elden Ring. But honestly, if they ever bring Bloodborne over, that's we're doing it right away. I can't argue that Bloodborne's my aesthetic all day. Even though that game kicks my dick in the dirt, it's fun. Yeah, Monster Hunter is the closest I'll get to a Souls like. Monster Hunter World would be fun to play with everybody if it wasn't like a hundred gigabytes. Yeah, it's a biggie. I always feel and, bad about suggesting games that are that big. And hundreds and hundreds of hours. Yeah, that too. Well, we played a game that's hundreds and hundreds of hours this week, and we just didn't <laughs> play it for hundreds and hundreds of hours. So fair enough. Fair enough. Um, so what about you, Nate? What you been up to, my good sir? Yeah, it hasn't been too exciting couple weeks for me. Just been kind of chill. But there's one thing that I guess I could say is the main theme of these last two weeks. So what I did was I became a kind of person I said I was never going to be. <laughs> I am Uh-oh. now a Crocs guy. Oh no, <laughs> bro! <laughs> you made me go Vince Russo, bro. <laughs> bro. So the story behind it is is my wife bought me a pair of Crocs as okay. kind of a meme. Um, they are a special edition. Jimmy Buffett's Margaritaville Crocs. Are you wearing them right? And. Is that a Pikachu tail? Yeah, I got a couple extra things on there too. Yes, I did. There's Pikachu L Pokeball. So I am fully. Im- so not, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Not only are you wearing Jimmy Buffett Crocs, you have blinged out your Jimmy Buffett I have Buffett blinged Crocs. out my Jimmy Buffett Crocs. This is not even the end or what you're even going to consider the worst part of the story. I do have a pair of blinged out Jimmy Buffett Margaritaville Crocs. Yes. These are my party Crocs. After I found out I enjoyed these so much, I ordered a second pair of Crocs in navy blue that I wear to the grocery store. Do you at least wear socks? No, Nathan, no socks. Yes. Oh, Jesus, fuck. I have a question. Where, where have you worn the Jimmy uh, Buffett? Mostly around the house, and then sometimes I go out to the gas station. So would you say that party Crocs are in the house tonight? <laughs> So, yes, I have Bruh. forgotten the face of my father and have joined the Crocs Nation. <laughs> <laughs> oh, bro. Okay, I'm going to try not to judge you too hard because it was a gift from your wife. Because if my girlfriend bought me a pair of Crocs or something, if I, well, if I had a girlfriend, um, I would wear them to appease her. Um, but, man, they're the fucking ugliest. They really enjoy them, bro. They are more comfortable than you could possibly imagine. So I learned a fun fact about Crocs. Do you want to know? Do you want I to learned know? a fun fact about Crocs this week too. I wonder if it's the same fun fact. Is this the is this the idiocracy story? Did we story? all watch the same I TikTok? I think we all watched all right, the same yeah. TikTok. Yes. <laughs> all right. Um, so for listeners, if you do not know, um, when they did the movie Idiocracy, they needed like a futuristic looking shoe, but, but like something that like everyone would be wearing, but everyone's stupid. So like they found this little startup company. That was just getting their feet wet, no pun intended. And uh, go back and watch Idiocracy. Everyone's wearing Crocs, and I thought that was just photoshopped. And I went on YouTube and looked up some scenes from Idiocracy. No, everyone's wearing Crocs in that fucking movie. <laughs> and I'm like, wow. I wonder if that just planted a sub, little subconscious thing in people's heads when they watched that but movie. But the funny thing is, see those I shoes. said I was never going to become a Crocs person. I am now a Crocs person. I am getting dumber by definition. <laughs> I can't wait. So, Nate, I know you said you were thinking about getting a new car. Is it going to be a PT Cruiser or a Chevrolet HHR? <laughs> Anybody who says that they're not going to be a Crocs person says that until they become a Crocs person. 
you you live you either live long enough to become a Crocs person or you die a socks and sandals person. Neither. Listen, if you're not at the beach, we don't we don't need to get into this on this show. But like, if you're not at the beach and you're a dude, wear tennis shoes. No. He lives in Middle Tennessee. What beach, exactly, bro? Exactly I live in Middle local. Tennessee and I wear flip. And I, until now, since I've become a Croc person, I, you I would wear flip flops in January. Don't at me, bro. But you should live on a beach. Like I, you look like a beach. You know, though, and I don't mean that in a negative way at all. You look like somebody who's gonna like go work out and then go chill on the beach for a while. Have, have maybe have a, a a drink, not necessarily alcoholic. I don't peg you for a drink or like yeah, that. But, yeah, but I get. But the fact that they're Jimmy Buffett branded makes exactly. it make more sense. Is what we're saying. You're gonna pick up your fucking guitar and talk to people for a little bit, and then be like, anyway, here's wonderful. <laughs> Do you know where your shaker of salt it's is? Lost. It's lost. Unfortunately, it is lost. <laughs> He's trying to find it. Where's the salt? Where's the goddamn salt? Ah. Yeah. Gotta love it, dude. Okay, so what else? Is that, that, that the, that's is that the all? biggest news of my last two weeks. <laughs> I'm a Crocs guy now. Goodness, well. Sorry. That, that's cool, so, man. They, I mean, a pair of gators. we can drive Mercs in Rocket League while we're doing this. Definitely need to get a pair of gators and, like, so you, you'll be wearing your gaiters, and then you got your Crocs. I'm becoming a worse person by the year. Oh, Lord. <laughs> Get turtle-printed pants, have frogs on your shirt. What's wrong with turtles? Be full, full reptile. <laughs> oh, there's nothing wrong with any of that, other than the Crocs <laughs> and the gaiters. Because, like... <laughs> uh, no, I, I own a gator with the Steam Machine logo on it. Yeah, like the thing yeah. that goes over your face. Yeah. Anyway. Um, I guess I just... So what dire confession have you got for us, Dalton? Uh, I, hmm. Let's see. Uh, I'm playing Grandpa video games. This guy is over here uh, hunkering down playing Doom during this shooting. <laughs> <laughs> it was a roller skate incident. I know, I know. I'm, I'm just trying to make it sound as bad as Nathan's okay. Imagine confession. how bad it would have been if you'd have been like playing like Jet Set Radio. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my PTSD. Christ air. It's happening again. He, he skates by, just spray paints NWO across your back. Um, Do I have any dire admissions? I don't know. Um, <laughs> you had your first pub sub. <laughs> yeah, that was a few months ago, but yeah. Uh, well, ordered on Grubhub, got me a pub sub. <laughs> Left it in the oven, just leave it too long. If you have no idea what we're talking about, that's patreon.com slash the CBC podcast. Beautiful plug. But it's a real beauty, <laughs> it's covered in charcuterie. <laughs> I love uh, the the joke version of that song where he says, "I got a real beauty, a Colombian doobie." <laughs> <laughs> um, nice. So, uh, just a shout out to anybody who ha- didn't see the news in the Discord and you happen to listen to both podcasts. Uh, me and Jeremy decided to switch the Abspod to a biweekly show um, because it was just becoming a lot to do every week and finding things to talk about for every single week was getting rough and i think that uh the listeners can agree too because we would always reach out for questions and when we first started asking for questions as nate has complained about many a time we were putting out like four hour episodes and it was like god damn it takes so long to listen to 
Yeah, I don't know how we did that. Me and Jeremy have had conversations. We're like, I don't know how the fuck we put out a four and a half hour episode. It's just, I think I was drunk on that one, <laughs> so that might have been why it was so long. But, um, but we switched to biweekly, and I'm going to alternate them. So it'll be one week. Like, so we're recording Steam Machine this week, and it'll come out, and you can listen to it. The next week will be Yabspod. Week after that, will be Steam Machine, and it'll alternate like that. Um, <clears throat> which is is still going to be a podcast a week for me, but that's okay. I don't mind that. Plus, JRPG What report. is going on with the JRPG report? Um, there has been no news worth reporting on the past two weeks because it's pretty much, it's approaching Golden Week. So it is like radio mm. silence from a lot of Japanese um, creators and stuff because they're going to be pumping out all their shit around uh, the you know Golden Week and uh, whatever they call it over in Japan. Uh, it might be called Golden Week over there too. But <clears throat> we're just all these JRPG games and news and all this shit starts coming out. So it's going to hit heavy there. But, like, I'd be lying if I told you guys that I haven't been considering, like, calling it a day on that show. Like, uh, not that I don't enjoy doing it. It's just, like, finding the time for all of it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And I don't mean to sound like a greedy son of a bitch, but, like, Steam Machine and Yabspod both pull in more money than I do over on JRPG Report. JRPG Report gets way more listens, but what can you do? What can you do? Especially now that Steam Machine's bringing in ad revenue. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out Spotify podcasters or whatever the fuck it is. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, man. If I remember, I'll throw the ad in right there. It'd be a great time to just <laughs> roll into it. Fucking <laughs> see. It'd be great if it was a different advertiser. So, anyway, Spotify. HelloFresh is the new <laughs> meal choice for. Oh, dude. HelloFresh. I used to get them. They want to they advertise. Hell yeah. Hit us up. We can bring you to. Mm. Hundred of people. <laughs> Hundred of people. <laughs> Speaking of real quick, though, I was having a. Oh shoot! I forgot to cancel my box. Oh, I'm getting random food this week. You said me. cancel your box. I wasn't sure where you were going with that at first, but. Yeah, his stitch fix is coming. Oh no! I, I I got some manscaped and I used I, it to cancel my I, box. I forgot to cancel my box, which means I'm gonna have access to my box canceled. <laughs> Oh, oh no! Contra Bell has been crushed. Nate, I think I talked yeah, over you. Did we both make the same joke? joke? <laughs> no, okay, mine was a manscaped joke. Podcast advertising. Blue Chew. <laughs> oh, yeah, pod- that's three <laughs> in one week. Yeah, they don't have to pay us if we keep doing this. <laughs> hey, Casper, we're holding you ransom. Your mattresses suck until you pay us. <laughs> But you can get real comfortable in a Casper mattress, mattress and a nice pair of MeUndies. <laughs> don't forget oh to wear your nice pair of Bomba socks. <laughs> okay, let's stop giving free advertisements. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I, we, we just have the sillies yeah. tonight. Yeah. It's true. You, you should really see our faces. We are uh, all just kind of... If there's ever been point. an episode this of has very sleep I recommend over. listening to the Patreon, it's this one. <laughs> yeah. We have some big, like late night sleepover energy today <laughs> so who do you have a crush on <laughs> i have I'm a crush on everyone oh man but yeah uh well and then and I, I, oh, I was trying to do the teen girl squad voice from strong bad and i just got the high and not the gravel i, I don't know i'm that pretty really sure i have a crush too. on willie's terraria character so <laughs> was looking pretty fine oh, that wedding dress. He, he's taken he's married you, you took see the dress? Zombie. You took that dress from a corpse. <laughs> a corpse bride. Look, I, yeah, I killed the corpse bride. <laughs> Thank you, Dalton. You said yes to that dress. 
I did say yes to the dress. I said no to the zombie inside of it. Um, <laughs> I'm married to the game. Dane, Dane's going to listen to this and come up with ideas for the Yabspot zombie segment. And he's going to be like, oh, zombies and wedding dresses. All right, let's see your jot down notes. Um, <laughs> it's just going to be the music video for Helena by My Chemical Romance. <laughs> Meshed with Thriller. Ooh, nice. Um, so I'll probably talk about this more next week on Yabspot. Because uh, I'm not going to get quite as vicious about it as, as, as I'd like to. But I'm at work today, and Jess comes up to me, and she's like, Hey, uh, there's a new shift lead that's going to be starting. Her name's Melanie, yada, yada, yada. I'm like, Okay. She comes, she's coming from another store. All right. So I hear Chris and Jess talking, and Chris goes, You know, I'm tired of closing every fucking shift that Trisha gives me. Like, I'd like to work some like mid shifts or work an opening, you know? It's like, I don't want to spend all my fucking nights here. And I just like leaned over and said, that's funny. She should have hired me because I only want to work nights. And then just gave a big smile. <laughs> like, fuck those six o'clock in the morning shifts. Um, and Jess said, yeah, I chirped to her about that already. And she said that she needs to watch you work and see how you handle yourself for the next five months. And then she'll make a decision. Uh, at that point, your boy got heated. I didn't say anything. I left it at that. But I'm like the hell have i what, what have i been busting my butt for for the past i've been working there since september so like it's been a, not quite a year but like we're working our way towards that i've been busting my butt like there's times i message you guys and i'm fucking dead tired because i've had to throw pallets on pallets of water and no one helps me and it's like that's not good enough the fact that like i helped the customer enough today that she tipped me five dollars because i was so good at what i was helping her with <laughs> Who the fuck gets tipped at walk? Dude, you had to be doing something. I helped her with a photo order that she couldn't figure out how to get her photos. And she was trying to order puzzles to give. Like She was getting her these pictures turned into puzzles so she could give them as gifts. I didn't realize that was a service y'all offered. And now you've advertised (laughs) something I might be interested in. Like, that's cool. Like, you just just did PR for them now. Like, I genuinely did not know that that was a thing you you could do. you can go in Walgreens and you can turn a picture into a puzzle. Yes. Um... And I learned during Christmas that we will also print your boudoir pictures. That was interesting. And let me tell you how I found out. It wasn't the the four by sixes that printed or anything. No, no, no. It was the banner nice. that printed out of this big thing that was like six feet of this woman in a precarious position in some lingerie. And I was like, nice. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> nice. And then I'm going through the photos when I'm trying to like put all these together. <laughs> And I'm like skimming through because of course I am because I'm a pervert. And I'm just like, whoever's getting this is going to be real happy. I just, the one that vividly sticks in my head was like her and she's in like, you know, the, the panties with the garter, the garters with the things that attach at the thigh and then the, the uh, fishnets. Yeah. She's got that and she's holding Christmas bubbles, the little Christmas balls, holding them mm. in front of her titties. <laughs> and that was the picture. And she was like in this That's seductive very thing. It was. It was a very because te- like, even that's, Annie. That's very. That feels very Annie old comes school. Walking yeah. over and looks at it. She goes, "Oh, tasteful but sexy. I like." It. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Tasteful. That was the word I was looking for. I said classy. It's I meant tasteful. tasteful. Sexy. Yeah. So I mean, there are there perks for working there, but I'm just I'm just so like, dude. If I've been busting my ass up here for nothing, yeah. Come on now. But you know, it is what it is. It's retail for you. What you need to do is you need to just one day go into the herbal supplement aisle, drink every bottle, and then turn, grow up into Godzilla and stomp the place. <laughs> I'm mad full of horny goat weed, and I'm going to crush everyone. I don't think that's how science works. I'll just go in there and eat a bunch of that thick powder. I watched... It is unfortunate that I watched too many 60s 
sci-fi horror <laughs> movies, huh? Um, I like it worked for the Amazing Colossal Man. Probably I don't remember what happened to the Amazing Colossal Man. I guess the only the only other thing I've really been doing is I w- I've been having a hankering to play like a CRPG in the background, and I settled on Pillars mm-hmm. of Eternity, and uh, we're gonna have to play that for the show sometime. It's real good. It's fun, and it's not tactical enough that I think it would turn Nate away because it's uh you can hit the space bar and it pauses and then you can set what you want to do like turn based stuff. So real time with pause is what it's called, kind of like Baldur's Gate and stuff was. Um, that's that's what is oh, it like, va- that's? like that's uh no not quite like um you don't get to cho- think of it more like uh you can pause and then it's like setting up your each character to do what you want them to do or you can let them use party AI and they'll just go in and fight. But it's like, say... Party AI is in the house tonight. Stop it. <laughs> Jesus Christ. You should have seen everyone else's faces. Like, everyone's chin was above their neckline before now. <laughs> um, Mikhailov is just drowning in his hand. His face is melting into it as he pinches his forehead like he's trying to get rid of a, the migraine you get when a kid turns in a paper saying that World War II was caused by the assassination of Cleopatra. Uh, I'm not even going to ask what. Cause... I got I got asked today, what's a Capulet? <laughs> Capulet? Not much. What's a Capulet with you? We're reading Romeo and Juliet. My goodness. We're in Act Two, Montague. Tell them, tell them that the Capulets are the Bloods and the Montagues are the Crips. <laughs> that joke worked way better in the '90s. I don't even know what the modern equivalent is. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it, it's like it's it's like that Simpsons episode. What's a battle? Did he just say what's a battle? No, no, he said what's that rattle? <laughs> we're not saying boo. We're saying boo earns. I was saying boo earns. <laughs> Hi, Super Nintendo Chalmers. So before the Patreon, we were also talking about how you could basically get through a whole conversation doing nothing but Simpsons references. So this is even proto-Patreon. From the first nine seasons. Like I, like I said, big sleepover energy today, uh, man. So We got the, the one goofies. Thing that I do we have give, the goofies uh, today. The one thing I do want to give uh, Pillars of Eternity a shout-out for is that it uses pre-rendered graphics for the backgrounds and stuff, but really mm. well done. It's just fucking beautiful to look at. I love, because you know me, I'm a stickler for those pre-rendered look from the 2000s era. Yeah. And it's just like that, but updated. Just tremendous. And uh, the story seems very intriguing so far. And the reason I'm playing through Pillars of Eternity 1 is I really want to play Pillars of Eternity 2, Deadfire, because you're on a ship a lot. So you're kind of like doing pirate stuff. And I'm looking forward to getting to that eventually. Uh Speaking of pirates, what's that one uh, multiplayer game where you um, like you, you play as pirates with all your friends? Sea of Thieves. See if these nuts fit in your mouth. That's <laughs> like I was telling my dad earlier the story of um, Hercules and Achilles and both of these. <laughs> oh, that reminds me. Yeah, both of these. What started Why this who? today was at work. We got in a new product called D's Nuts. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You actually sent some pictures in the yeah, Discord. D-E-E but yeah, D-E-E apostrophe S, nuts. And there's Nanner Pudding flavored, Dill Pickle flavored, and Sriracha Ranch. Haven't tried them because they're like three forty nine a bag. And they sound horrible. But I want to try them. <laughs> I like that we all disagree as to which one is the no, only no, one. I yeah, I'm like, Nanner Pudding. The only pudding. one I would try is Nanner Pudding. But I think it sounds disgusting. <laughs> 
But it's possible that banana plus nut equals good because banana nut bread is tasty. So I could see why you would be willing to give that a try. Nine out of ten women would like agree. I'm... Banana plus nut is good. <laughs> <laughs> My goodness. We are really just on one today. So speaking... Plus the fact you just admitted to wanting to spend $3 to want to munch on these nuts. Yeah, exa- exactly. <laughs> when, it, when I showed them to, to Nick today, I was like, hey man, look what we got in. Think these nuts would taste good in your mouth? And he he just looked at him, and his face lit up like a five year old that just discovered a new joke. <laughs> and he immediately, I was like, dude, I already <laughs> took a picture of him because he grabbed them from me and was reaching for his phone. And I'm like, yeah, I already did. <laughs> no way, these nuts. I actually have a, I actually have a picture from Target because I walked by the arts and crafts aisle one day and somebody took the big wooden letters and just arranged them on the hook so that they spelled out these that nuts. someone's name was Mikolov. Nice. <laughs> Guilty. You've been found out. Mm. Busted. Alright, well I guess we should talk about a video game. Probably, that is what this podcast is about. Yeah, sometimes. On occasion. So, the O-dubs, which, by the way, you cannot Google O-dubs, I learned. The obligatory Wikipedia bullshit for the game that we played this past two weeks at the behest and request of one Willy Terraria. This was my idea. Yay. Terraria is an action-adventure sandbox game developed by ReLogic. The game was first released for Windows on May 16th, 2011, and has since been ported to several other platforms. The game features exploration, crafting, building, painting, and combat with a variety of creatures in a procedurally generated 2D world. Terraria received generally positive reviews and sold over 44 million copies by 2022, making it one of the top 10 best-selling video games. Whoa, like all time? Like up there with like Minecraft and like Tetris and shit? Uh, Let me click this link. And yes. Uh, Minecraft is number one. Number two is Grand Theft Auto V. Number three is Tetris. Wii Sports, PUBG, Mario Kart 8, Super Mario Brothers, Red Dead Redemption 2, Pokemon Red, Green, Blue, and Yellow, and Terraria. Wow. I didn't realize it was that big. Damn. That's a hell of a killer's row. Yeah. And not too far below Terraria, Animal Crossing, New Horizons. Whoa. Just New Horizons by itself, not like yeah, the whole thing. Damn, that is. And then two below that, impressive. The Witcher 3. Yeah, baby. I wonder where Skyrim is on the list. I feel like it's got to be like top 25. Uh, Just because it's been selling it so forever. Three under The Witcher is Breath of the Wild, and four under Breath of the Wild is Skyrim. So that's like, what, 20 seconds? Uh, yeah, but Skyrim so? is tied with Diablo 3 and Call of Duty Modern Warfare. That makes yeah. a lot of sense, yeah. <clears throat> those those are all games that are incredibly so, huge, yes. Willie, what made you what made you want to play Terraria? Why'd you pick this? I'll be honest, I kind of wanted to do something that was like creative and fun. I thought about picking Minecraft at first, but I didn't really want to go to the trouble of getting us to set up a server and deal with like us having to make decisions about that. I felt like we could all jump into Terraria at once and uh, just, I, I, because the thing about Terraria is one player can host a world and then everyone else can join off of them. And I felt like it would just be fun to jump in. And also it's a game I've played before a little on my own. And when I try to play with other people, 
I feel like they jump ahead in the game really fast. But I know neither of you two had any real experience with this game. And I'm like, hey, if we join it as all new players, we can learn and figure it out together. And I felt like that would be more rewarding than having somebody run away for 15 minutes and come back and throw platinum gear at me, you know? Fair enough. Fair enough. I mean, that makes sense to me. It's kind of the same way we handled the No Man's Sky situation. You know, so mm-hmm. I can get behind that. It would probably be the way we handle all of these games, to be honest with you, <clears throat> that are like crafting and things like that, because there are a few on the list. Yeah, I was kind of surprised that having played like 20 hours lifetime on my Steam account before now, and most of it just being dragged around or starting new files and deleting them, like I was the tour guide of sorts for the group, because I was the one that knew words like the corruption or <laughs> pickaxe. <laughs> Or China. <laughs> Just kidding. Anyway, uh, um, so let's go with some some first impressions then. Um, Nate, this is your first time playing Terraria. All right. So, like, what was your first impression, my two, my good sir? Because it was mine too. Yeah. So I thought that I really appreciate that we had a tour guide in this game because it gave me that same kind of vibe as like you guys have already previously mentioned, like what we did with No Man's Sky, where Dalton was able to get us started so it was a lot less intimidating and willie was able to do that for us i just wanted to really quickly disambiguate that you're talking about having a player that's played a little bit because there's also a character you meet like five seconds into the game called the guide who tries to have that role with you if you don't have someone to do so by that i meant willie yeah so it was really good to have that experience like so first impressions coming in it was just like okay, I'm not intimidated because I kind of know what I'm doing. I need to build a house for the guide in the game, not Willy. And we need to start crafting and making our characters better. And the thing about the game was I feel like it's extra, like I felt immediately it was extraordinarily open-ended. It kind of wants to give you whatever gameplay experience you're going for in and of itself. So I liked how it was very off-rails. It was more, it felt freer and bigger to me in a lot of ways, even than No Man's Sky did when we played that bigger bigger might not be the right word but like freer yes by a long shot no that'll give you that'll give you it's definitely freer there was no overarching plot that i could find in terraria but bigger i don't don't know if there's any game bigger than no man's sky yeah artificially technically yeah technically yeah quote unquote no man's sky in texas is even bigger Oh, the skies at night flew in right. And I'm just saying, when we played No Man's Sky, I didn't really see any stairs. <laughs> stars, though. Saw plenty of them. Plenty of stars. Um, well, I guess it's not the Lone Star State, is it? No, those lying sons of bitches. Oklahoma for life. It's the one quintillion star state. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, so. Say Oklahoma yeah, for life. Say, Boomer, yeah, Sooner. Boomer Sooner. Oklahoma for life. Fuck Texas. Just kidding. No Texans, please don't beat me up. JBL, if you listen, don't beat me up. Uh, yeah, dude. So I, so here's my first impression with this game. Um, it got gifted to me, and I never loaded it up, and I felt real bad about it for a long time. So I felt good when Willie was like, yeah, let's play Terraria. I was like, oh, good. I'll finally have an excuse to play Terraria. I feel like this is one of those games we, more, we were more likely to accumulate than have bought for ourselves, too. Yeah. Or, like, be curious about, but never, like, jump into. Just like, well, one of these days I want to play Terraria. It's on sale or whatever. It's amazing how accessible this game is. Like, it it's, goes into, like, single-digit prices often. Yeah, I've seen it pretty fucking cheap on Steam. Mm. Um, but I have two very different experiences with this game. Playing it with you guys was an absolute blast, and we'll talk about that. I did not dig this game playing it by myself. 
Um, I don't I don't know what it was, uh, which is weird because like a lot of the 3D crafting games I'll play for fucking hours by myself. There was just something about this one that I just uh, I I much preferred the camaraderie and like bullshitting and chatting with you guys while it took me forever to dig to the bottom of you know the cavernous areas. Um, but I was right off the bat really impressed with the uh, and this is almost like a simple thing, but just the fact that like they decided to include different biomes on the top and the bottom. Yeah. I, that was one thing that jumped out to me first. Was like, okay, so they're going for a variety of different types of locations and stuff. Whereas, you know, and I'll use No Man's Sky for an example. When you land on a planet, once you've been on that planet for twenty minutes, you've seen pretty much what you're going to get. You know, be it cave systems or oceans or anything like that. There might be like an animal species you find, but this in Terraria, it was like they kept. I, I would run a direction, and all of a sudden, boom, it changed a little bit, and then there were new enemies to find. There were new creatures to catch in my net. There were goldfish to find, and I don't know. So my first impression was like it was it was cool, but I much preferred playing it with you guys than I did by myself. Now, Mikolov, what was your first impression with Terraria? So I have been trying to get into this game very much like Willie for years. So I kind of I, I I almost feel bad that I kind of imposed myself on on joining you guys for this for this episode, but I felt it was a. a great opportunity for me to finally give this game the the fair shot that i felt it deserved because i couldn't i could never just get into it like one of the the biggest criticisms i would say about this game is it doesn't give you a direction and so it's very easy to either get lost or get bored or get frustrated when like a big eyeball comes out of nowhere and just takes you out but this game definitely shown the brightest when we all just got into a world and we just started doing stuff and that might even explain why we're so like silly today because it ended up becoming a for lack of a better term a bonding experience between the four of us because while we were just trying to figure this game out together we were legit just laughing and talking and bsing and it, it struck me as definitely a social game, and I think that's what changed my opinion of, of Terraria. It, it's not this, like, challenging, boring slog anymore. It's an experience to be had with friends. Yeah, and then I also felt really cool that stuff we learned from learning from each other, like, when I went to apply that stuff to a single-player game, I felt like I was a lot more directed in what to do now that I've seen somebody do it, you know? So I feel like having all these hands on the ball, practicing different things, it was like, I, I don't know, it was like when one of us learned, I felt like we all learned something. Unless you're you know? me, who was so busy catching goldfish and grasshoppers and worms and things like that, that when I loaded into my single player game, I had to message the chat and be like, boys, how the fuck do you build a house? <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't real I, I knew you could plant wood down, but I didn't know how to set doors. So I'm like... I don't know what the fuck is going on. I built the wall. It won't let me put the door here. And then I would delete the wall and it wouldn't let I me put the door I can't believe that I realized that the... F- I can't believe that I realized that the problem you were having was putting doors down. Like, if you look at the list of things I've telling you, like, five steps to build a house, the first thing I wrote was, door is three blocks tall and has to have block above and block yeah. below. And then it was like, oh, boop, boop. Oh, okay, cool. And then it was figuring out stairs, which I ended up figuring out something and was able to share with you guys, where if you're building the stairs and you have the two... You can just place one kind of underneath it, and it'll bloop, make it a stair. Yeah, yeah I thought that the game really has yeah. definitely lived up to the building things. Like, that's one of the first things you do. You start building 
this house so your little guide can move in. And then you start building additional, either more buildings or just add rooms to that existing building for more people to move into. And you start to develop this little town kind of situation where a bunch of NPCs move in. They can either sell you things or provide a service into the town, which I thought gave the um, world a little bit more of a lived-in feel than it would have if you'd never built anything. You have to like the the village vibe gave it a lot of personality right out the gate too. Like it did not take very long where we're like, you know, we should build a couple more houses in case any new friends want to move in. Or like we start to build a house like, okay, this is my house now. And then like a cat's like, no, this is my house actually. <laughs> That's right, the fucking cat. Um, <clears throat> I I I'm curious about uh if you were to start the game with the knowledge of what's down below and just dig down there and create a somehow safe passageway. All the way down to um, what I'll call hell, because I have no other description for it. <clears throat> because there were entire buildings yeah. down there with rooms and everything. And I'm like, mm-hmm. so you could technically seal the parts that are broken in here, put a campfire, put down a chair, and this would be a livable place. So if you could somehow get your villagers to make their way all the way down there, you guys could all live in hell. I think you can. I really think that's something that you can do. And I don't think it'd be hard to make happen either, because you can assign in the game which house you want which npc to live in so if you do build a bunch of extra places or like you said make the places in hell livable i don't i didn't try this so i can't verify this is accurate or not you could just send that npc to live into one of your little places in hell yeah dude and that would be so cool you just to go all the way i mean it would be a pain in the ass depending on what vendor you send down there but but if everybody's down there you guys can just hang out sweat your balls off yeah and you could call it hades town i guess that's already taken (laughs) You know, Hades Town 2. Yeah. And so the, that's kind of the, one of the main aspects of the game is crafting and building. Because, like, you want to start crafting your armor and stuff, which I don't think we need to get too into detail on. There's different elements of ores that you can find. Like, you know, you have tin, lead, silver, platinum, or some of the options, different planets, different worlds you have different ores on, which is kind of funny because that's very No Man's Sky. <laughs> yeah. Um, but they kind of act the same in each individual planet. Yeah, I was going to say, I think they come in equivalent pairs. I think I'd like you have either copper or tin, and even if you start in a world that has tin instead of copper, you'll still start with copper armor and stuff. Yeah. Or not armor, but copper tools. Uh, <clears throat> or like, um, uh, I think it was what? Lead versus iron, then tungsten or silver, and then gold and platinum. And I think they're just higher things, but I don't know what they are. Chromium. And demonite. Oh, yeah, there's like the... Cr- yeah so like that's kind of where the story of the game kind of does end up going is there is like kind of corruption on the planet it's either called the corruption or the crimson i think is the two terms one's purple and one's red and there's like mm. an evil section of your planet that you can find as well um i will say i've seen both and i think the red is way creepier than the purple <laughs> The, the purple one, the, the corruption, is like a diseased planet, whereas the crimson is more like a demonic, hellish, yeah. horror-type vibe. Yeah, plus purple is just comforting to me, so I don't feel like that would scare me too much. Yeah, so it's kind of interesting. Like, and I like the way that the game was designed. Like, The enemies never felt too difficult, but... Um, and it just kind of like let you vibe. That's kind of what I kind of dug about it. The game, whole game kind of felt like a vibe. Yeah, because it would be like... You know, Nate's exploring to the left of the map. Mikolov and Willie were over to the right digging out a tunnel or something, and I'm just catching fish. And everyone's doing their own thing, but it was like 
fuck it, dude, because we're just doing what we want to do. And it was it was great because it was like we could all convene, and you know, like with that one boss that spawned, um, that Willie spawned the uh, the big eye thingy. <clears throat> you know, mm-hmm. like when we could all, and then once we were done with that, it was like, all right, what did everybody get? All right, all right, well, what new stuff did we get? Oh, cool, all right, all right, I'm gonna go fuck off now. <laughs> and then and then I would go off and go back yeah. to digging my hole and finding Coomtain and all of that kind of stuff. So it it was very much a. a Again, earlier you said it was like the, the bonding with talking and things like that that really glued it all together. But being able to not feel like, okay, we need to do this, 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 and this so we can get this done and then move on. It, it was it was very much relaxing to be like, okay, well, if I just want to go use a net and catch butterflies, that's not going to affect anybody. It's not going to hinder our progress. So I'm just going to go fucking do it. Yeah. You know? Kind of the opposite of the way I feel of playing some MMOs sometimes where MMOs, it's like... I need to get to max level so I can re- help my guild run raids and yeah. time to do the raids. Yeah, no, this was a lot more like. Oh, go ahead. No, no, go finish now. Go. There was literally no thought. Oh, okay. I I was just yammering because I didn't look up. Oh no, no big deal. I was just wanted to comment on the fact that you create a character and you can bring that character to multiple worlds, so you can have multiple single oh, yeah. player worlds. Um, I was able to take my character, and I know you guys didn't do this, you separated your characters, but because I don't think I got as far as you guys did, I just took my character, I had the same character the whole time, so I had that in my single player world, and then I bounced that over into your world, and you know, when we started together, that was one thing, we were on the same plane, but then when I joined you guys yesterday, there had been significant progress, so I was able to take some of the some of the paths that you have already dug out, I was able to find some stuff that I couldn't find on my world, and I actually was able to take that back and make my single-player experience slightly easier. Not because I took stuff that I shouldn't have and made it easy mode, but because I learned, like we just said before, I learned from what you guys had done on your world and was able to bring that experience yeah. back. And I think one thing that was really cool on my end is I... I think- um, I ended up, I feel like, getting the furthest in a single-player file, and, like, I had my two separate characters, and, like, I learned a lot in my single-player file, because I ended up killing three bosses before anybody else had seen a boss on my file. So, like, I feel like my single-player experience was different from, say, Dalton's, because I found myself having a lot of fun just exploring and doing things on my own time. Like, I found an NPC that I don't think we have in our group world yet that was the um, Fisherman, and he gives me quests to go catch fish. (laughs) Hell yeah. Yeah, it's like I have a side quest mini game that I get to go do whenever I go into my world now. Um, and I just had a lot of fun. My character got ended up getting really strong. Like he's maxed out in his health and his mana stats now on that file, which is stronger than the one I'm playing on the multiplayer file. Um, but I felt like it was really good that one might argue you had a lot of uh, guile <laughs> to get that far. <laughs> that is another really cool thing about this game. I'm glad you brought that up. Is there's the custom characters you can do a lot with it. So my yeah, first character, I made, I made oh yeah, Dalton made Chrono from Chrono Trigger. My first character that I made is um, Guile from Street Fighter. In my my um, single player file, I have I made Knuckles. So he's literally a red dude, like all the way around. <laughs> I'll never forget the first ten minutes of us playing this game, where I just just like, hey, look, you can uh, you can make yourself look like Guile, and Nate was just like, don't you dare. <laughs> <laughs> It's mine. 
Because <laughs> I felt so cool when I made Gal. I was like, I can't wait for everybody to get in here and see my Gal character. And then he's like, hey, you can make Gal. Yeah, I kind of I ruined it for you. <laughs> hey, look, I'm going to make a Gal. You better not. I will hurt you. What's, what's great about the hairstyle that I chose for Chrono is that I could make it blonde and I could be Cloud. Or I could make it black. I could be Goku. <laughs> you know, it's like there's so many choices with that hairstyle. You just got to change the color of it. But yeah, like I, I was surprised that the character creator had as many choices as it did for as little as your character actually is on screen. Yeah. That being said, the <laughs> costumes are fantastic. Um, I had a, I, at one point I had a tail and dog ears, and I was wearing a raincoat, <clears throat> and I wore that up until I found uh, what I'm wearing now. And Mikhailov, I found this after you had logged out last night. Oh, no. Um, I don't remember where. I think I got it way down deep, or I got it when we beat the Slime King, or whatever. No, you got you found this one before. Oh I yeah, the Slime Kings. Like, was it okay? Yeah. Oh, that's right, because I had turned invisible when I joined again. You guys couldn't yeah. see me, yeah. and I had to take the screenshot to show you what I looked like, bro. I found Toad's outfit, like from Mario. So like the pants, the vest, the little mushroom hat. I look awesome now, and I think I still have the dog tail though, which throws <laughs> it off a little bit, but. You got that in the mushroom biome, didn't you? Uh, you know what? It might have been. Yeah, I think I found it in a building in a chest. Yeah, dude, it's that. It's tremendous looking. I was so happy. I'm like, I love toads. Yeah, Dalton was so excited when he that found biome that. kicked my butt. Oh, I'm sorry, I missed it. Hey, you had to go to bed. You had a class to teach. <laughs> that was the adulting. <laughs> yeah. Um. But yeah, like I was saying, like I really did enjoy my single player experience a lot. Like I found three different bosses that I fought. I fought um, the Eye of Cthulhu, which is the one that all four of us got to do together. And then after that, I found um, the King Slime, which me, Willie, and Dalton got to do together. And after that, yeah, go ahead, Dalton. I was gonna say which was fun as fuck because all of a sudden Nate just goes slime rain, and it just starts raining slimes. From a lacerated sky. <laughs> <clears throat> and they couldn't see me. For some reason, the connection was weird. So my character was invisible. So Willie <laughs> doesn't realize I'm standing next to him. And I have this big ass butcherer, blood butcherer sword thing that I got from uh, crafting. And the, as the slimes were raining down, I was hitting them. So as like on Willie's screen, these slimes were just getting near the ground and exploding. And he was like, what is going on? And I, and I was just like, oh, I'm right next to you. And he's like, oh, I can't see you. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it was just, because I, I could see y'all perfectly fine. It was just trippy for me because I'm like, oh, yeah. okay, well, I'll just be the ghost. <laughs> and it was really fun because like, I, I knew it was going to happen during the slime rain. So I was like, hey, stick around for the slime rain. Help me kill all these slimes. And they're like, oh, okay, because everybody was about to log off once that happened. Yeah, we were about to wrap. And I was like, slime rain, everybody hang out. Yeah. And so like, it's like, they stayed around and we killed all the slimes. And then after you kill, I think it's like 150 slimes, the king slime shows up. And so like, I got to show the guys the king slime, which was a pretty fun boss fight. And let's be honest, that king slime has got to be a nod to Dragon Quest. Oh, absolutely. The crown looks the same. Like, Yeah, it looks the exact same without the face. Yeah, for sure. And then the third boss I ended up fighting, which this one was pretty interesting because I think it's actually guarding something. So it was called Skeletron, which is this giant skull with two long skeleton arms that swing at you. And like the hands and the skull both have, uh, all three have... um, HP, so you can take out the hands and then the skull is probably the smart way to do it. It took me three tries to defeat this boss. And once I finally did, you can go into an actual dungeon in the game. 
Now, what's that like? Um, it's it's actually the hardest place I've been in the game. Like, I've died in it several times because the monsters are just strong. I think I need to, like, upgrade to, like, demonite items at least or something to really be effective in there. But it seems like a really cool place, and there's lots of treasure in it as well. So it seems like it's going to be a worthwhile investment once I can get strong enough to actually do it. Probably a lot easier with three people or four people. Um, but, yeah, it's really cool. And, like, the funny thing of it is, like, I kept seeing this dungeon, actually, because it has bricks that I could not penetrate on it. I kind of keep seeing in it from outside of where I'd been digging around. And so, like, I kept trying to bomb it to get into it, and it wouldn't let me. I finally figured out that that was the dungeon that I needed to beat Skeletron to get into it. Oh. um, When we were fighting the Eye of Cthulhu, it was getting dead getting near dead and that blood butcherer sword thing i have puts a bleed on the enemies which was nice because i could whack a zombie one time and then run away and he would just explode and i wouldn't have to worry about Mm. it um but i realized in that fight that that platinum sword that i have the the super duper ultra platinum sword or whatever the fuck it ended up becoming (laughs) when i crafted it um a swings real fast and b it's swinging real fast makes up for the time that it takes that big sword to swing so I swung it with that big sword and hit that eye when it was like we were getting close to killing it and put that bleed on there and switched to that other sword because my Kingdoms of Amor player came out and was like, <laughs> put on the DOT, use your other weapon now. And I switched to the fast weapons. Dude, and swinging that sword along with you guys whacking it too, that last little bit of health just went, and it just exploded into nothing. And I'm like, fuck, dude. So I'm going to have to keep that in my back pocket if we play this more. Whack with the big sword, then pull out the platinum for the speedy stabs. Yeah, and, like, I know that we only put in, like, a minimum amount of time into this game compared to people that have really went down into the depths. I'm sure Dane's, like, got a million things he's thinking of that he wishes we would talk about that we just did not even experience. Like, I know for a fact that I played this game the most out of the four of us, and I put 23 hours into the game, and I still feel like there's so much I don't know about it, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, we have basically reached towards the end of the first act. I remember watching Twitch streams back in the day when I was trying to get into this game the first time, and it was actually part of what turned me off to the game initially because I saw these these Twitch streamers like on hoverboards with like giant rifles <laughs> shooting laser beams and just kind of like massacring their way through the game, and I could never, maybe I was just being impatient, I can never get to that point. And so I know there's so much more to this game than what we've actually experienced. There's there's a whole like futuristic set of gear that you can craft and I know it'll take time to get there, but now that I've had this experience with you guys, I think that would be something fun to continue to do together and try to see if like as a team we can actually get to where that guy got to by himself. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'll definitely yeah, keep the absolutely. world guys alive, so if you guys ever want to get together and do it again, I have it ready for us. For sure. I think community Terraria Nights would be a phenomenal idea. We can make that yeah, happen. I know one of our one of our community members um, rented a server for the month and said, you know, if anybody wanted to go on there and join us, so if anybody wants to go play as well, come join the Discord, bit.ly slash TSMP Discord, all capital letters. And you can pop in there and check it out as well. Um, now, you know, I kind of had the same experience... Um, as far as like not realizing that the game would have all that kind of stuff in it. Cause I didn't realize Terraria got guns and stuff like that, like in laser beams and th- you just blew my mind. Right. 
but also um when i played arc and i've turned on creative mode for the first time when they added that and it gave me all of the i don't remember engrams or whatever you use to learn how to make new things and i realized that your final suit of armor you can get for that game is like a robocop slash power rangers looking suit and you can get rifles and stuff and like you basically look like the dude on the cover of crisis and i'm like holy shit because you start off in like a loincloth and you have to punch trees to get some stuff to make like rudimentary tools and it's just crazy to me that in these games it seems to be a theme where they start you off with minimal but you can get to like super futuristic stuff and i just want to say i think we can thank spore for that that's yeah that's definitely one of the big evolution sins oh damn see i thought really, i said that specifically to try to make you laugh i didn't think you would agree with me <laughs> but thank you yes I, th- I I wasn't really listening. <laughs> I'm just kidding, Dan. No, but for real, I mean, I think I am interested in games that let you do, like, technology levels over time. Like, I think that's one of the big things I like Civ, about Civilization. Yeah. So, like, in theory, like, the idea of Spore, where you're evolving a creature from a single cell to a futuristic race, is really neat. It's just, unfortunately, the game. Yeah. Talk about, talk about like, if they came out with a Spore 2 and what they could do with it now. Because that game was kind of ahead of its time with what it tried to do. But that's, I guess that's another another tale for another day, because that is on the list. And I think mm. the thing about games like like Spore and, and Civ and all that is once you get to that certain point, it actually changes how the game operates. Yeah. And so I think that might be the case with Terraria as well. I think when you do get access to some of that later stuff, it completely is going to change the dynamic of the game from what we've experienced so far. Yeah, because I feel like even just the movement tech we gained over the course of the game, like we went from just being able to walk and jump to having like glider parachutes and uh, grappling guns and or grappling hooks and, uh, you know, climbing claws and things like that that made it to where we're no longer bound to, you know, put a platform down every two blocks to make sure we don't irrevocably fall. Yeah. Oh, no. How am I going to get out of here? And then, or just, you know, you accidentally wander in the darkness and get killed by a boulder that killed your buddy a few days <laughs> before that. <sighs> yeah, dude. So, I actually like the creative gravestones right by where you died. Yeah. Like the cre- I appreciate the, uh, the, uh, with the epitaphs because it gives you like a different one based on how you died. Yeah. And some of them were quite cheeky yeah. and I liked it. Nate fell from a height and got defenestrated, according to the game, which cracked me up. Learned what the definition of defenestration was. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> That's one of those words that only word nerds know, so I, I get it. Early on, we were playing the game, and I made a sign and put it in like one of the rooms or something. And Willie's like, yep, you're already built for this kind of game. Because I don't remember what I wrote on it, but it was just something. I think you wrote oh, some yeah. huge dork is going to move in here. <laughs> Which they did, by the way. And I would like to talk about that, right? It was Arkham, I think is his name. And he fell in a hole. <clears throat> and he fell into this hole. And no matter how me and Willie tried, he would not make his way out of this fucking hole. So we... Bu- yeah, he was like 25 feet from the village and fell into a little tunnel and just absolutely just kept banging his head back and forth doing yeah, nothing so useful. I went down there and would coax him to move a few feet towards the way to get out and i learned <clears throat> i would build a fucking wall and then i would hop out on this side and go back around to the other side and run over to him and then make him move a little further build another wall what i didn't take into account is that when i got him back to the surface that he would run <clears throat> faster than me because i'm not thinking about it and i'm trying to destroy the walls that i made and he then falls into the fucking hole on the other side and i have to do it all over again so this time i had willie help 
And I said, when I get this motherfucker out of this hole, seal these holes up here as fast as possible. <laughs> and with Willie's help, we got him to the apartment complex. And he moved into the room with the fitting sign that said, like, some dumb guy is going to move in here. And goddamn did he. <laughs> we uh, basically called the technique we used to get him out the reverse cask of a Montalado. <laughs> <laughs> the reverse cask of a Montalado. Which is a fucking book I should not have read when I did in school. Or a story. Like, whoo, dark. I don't know. I kind of I like that I first read it in middle school because I felt like it was just the perfect <laughs> amount of dark for me at that age. I love teaching Edgar Allan Poe. Dude, Poe Poe's awesome. Oh hell yeah, dude! Telltale Heart like is terrifying. Every, every time I teach it, I have at least one person ask me what is wrong <laughs> with me. <laughs> nice, dude. <clears throat> do you teach English? Yeah. yeah, dude. My English teacher had a had a handlebar mustache. The one that I can remember, his name was Mister Boger. He had a handlebar mustache, and he had a soul patch, but he would shave his soul patch slightly to one side or the other, and it bothered everyone. <laughs> he was doing it to mess with And he, he absolutely was. I 100% guarantee it. He was a very eccentric dude. I was like, I know what he's doing, because all the girls would be like, Boger, please fix your facial hair. No, I like it this way. <laughs> what's, what's, what's wrong with... He kind of talked like a redneck Paul Heyman. What's wrong with my... <laughs> So my soul patch being slightly to the left. Does it bother you so much that you would have to bring it up every day? And they would be like, "Yes, Boger." <laughs> yes, it does. He was one of those teachers that I didn't res- I didn't like respect until after I hated him when I was in his class. Fucking couldn't stand him. You get out and you're like, "Oh, he was doing yeah. his own game." After he was I got living out, his I'm own like, okay, life. I respect him as a teacher nowadays. English teachers are weird. Yeah, I try not to hate my experience. With them. Very. Mm. <laughs> yeah, playing video games with them. Woo, <laughs> oh, seriously. Like, especially like you guys are all like diving into like dive, deep depths of cancer. It's like, you know, what? I'm gonna build a house just right here, up in the surface. And yeah, I built that built house. the hell out of the house. It's a pretty nice house. Mm. You built a shit out of it. That house was a very, very, very fine house. It's very, very clean old house. <laughs> in the middle of our street. Mm. See, I was going to do it. That, that was what I was going to do the joke Nathan was doing. But no, you did a different our house. <clears throat> yeah. So many so houses. Do you have any so little other time. thoughts about Terraria you want to get out there? Um, honestly, I thought it was cool that the uh, there were a lot of little shortcuts to do building stuff that I didn't realize when I was first starting playing. But like, I learned how to like place platforms in a staircase pattern without having to hammer them, which was kind of neat. Um I was going to say, I thought the combat was more varied than I originally remembered it. Because I thought I remembered the combat being either a click thing with a fast sword or slow sword swing. But, like, stuff like yo-yos, umbrellas, uh, grenades we didn't make much use of, but, like, different arrows and stuff. Like, I don't know, I thought there was a lot of um, variety compared to how I remembered it. And, like, especially during the boss fights, I thought, like, the different approaches we all had to combat as our main approach was kind of interesting. Or, like, when one of us would be, like, down there surrounded by enemies because they jumped down a little too far. And I could just come down and shoot suppressing fire with a bow and arrow to kind of give them some space. Like, I had a lot of fun with that, you know? You could blow yourself the fuck up with bombs. <laughs> That's a thing. Yeah. And then Nate taught me about sticky bombs, which took me back to my Halo days. Oh, very much. Gosh, I used to love you'd stick somebody in the face with a sticky bomb and mm. Halo, and you knew they couldn't see shit. But blinding blue light until they blow up and die. And it's like, yes, eat it. I used to be competitive. I'm not anymore. But I used to be competitive. 
then you took a sticky grenade to the knee. <laughs> uh, but no, I think I'm ready for <coughs> giving ratings and Sounds questions. Good. <coughs> All right, yeah, I'm done. Wait for Dalton to stop dying. Sorry. Oh, I would have one uh, one other thing I wanted to bring up, which is just after playing with the group for a bit, I started a new file myself, and uh, new characters are surprisingly squishy. Like, you start taking for granted all the stuff you have until you don't have it, no mo. That could be a lesson learned in life. <laughs> don't know what you got till it's gone. Oh, God. I saw Cinderella Paradise in and concert. Kirby. His voice is wrecked. <laughs> is- <laughs> Is it kind of like Motley Crue? And it's like, how do you say, finish me? How can you go? Ha, 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 Like, that's what. It's. I'm surprised Cinderella's still together. They're still together. They actually. That was a great concert because they opened for Poison, but. Okay. I would go for Poison. I could see that. But the, he. You could tell he just couldn't keep the notes anymore. Surprising. Like, when he originally recorded it, like, the gone is, like, it's a lot longer. And when he did it in concert, he was just, like, gone. Don't know what you got till it's gone. <laughs> and that was it. I wonder why they don't take the, uh, like, like, Ozzy. When I saw Ozzy live, I noticed that a lot of his songs were a key lower. So, like, the songs they would play in standard, they were playing in D. And to make it a little easier on Ozzy's voice. And uh, I feel like more bands should do that. Like, I think, like, especially, like, I just making fun of Motley Crue. Like, give Vince Neil a fucking break. He's an old man. Like, play in a lower tuning. It'll be okay. Your shit might actually sound heavier. <laughs> just gonna let him... Now I'm imagining a sludge metal kickstart my heart. <laughs> what if typo negative did kickstart my heart? Oh, oh, kickstart my heart. The thing with Cinderella, though. <laughs> Dude, you're That's Elvis. Start. Or Johnny Cash. Yeah, Nathan, you kind of created basically Danzig typo negative. <laughs> what would happen if Johnny Whoa. Cash covered for Motley Crue? I mean, it wouldn't be the most shameful cover Johnny Cash ever did. No, you're right about that. I feel that. like Johnny Cash would have done, girls, girls, girls. Actually, some... Oh my god, I, I could see <laughs> I, I don't that think that would be bad. I, I could see, like, the American records, like, the same style as, like, Rusty Cage by Soundgarden when he did that cover. I could see that working in a similar vibe. Like, you wouldn't go as as hollow and scary as Hurt, but you get, like, medium, you hey, know? Hey, Dalton, now do smoking in the Boys' Room. Smoking in the Boys' Room. Are, is that what you want me to do, a low version? <laughs> what did you do, Johnny Cash? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Cause everybody knows that smoking ain't allowed in school. I don't know. Hurt myself today. Which, by the way, I have to give today's kids props because five years ago, schools just smelled like the dankest weed you can possibly buy with very little money, and now it just smells like strawberries and cotton candy. Because of all the vape pens. <laughs> that is true. Vape has changed yeah. it all. Dude. Oh. Quick. quick oh, go ahead. No, it's it's fine. Go I was ahead. Say, quick, quick story, and then we'll get the ratings. I'm at work the other day. This lady comes up, and this guy comes up right behind her and starts putting some stuff down. And she looks at him and looks at me and mouths to me, He smells like pot. He smells like pot. And he goes, Oh, I'll be right back. I, got, I forgot something. And he walks away, and she goes, I can't believe he's just walking around in public smelling like pot like that. Now, at this point, I know goddamn well she's smelling like <laughs> Because I smoked two joints that day before work because it was like I was sore as fuck. So, but I always spray cologne on, but I know it still permeates off my hair and things like that. And she's like, I just, I don't understand. I can't stand the smell of it. I don't know how anybody can stand the smell of it. And she, she's like, I could have never been a drug addict. <laughs> now, this woman is uh, about two years younger than Father Time. Let's just keep that in mind. 
And <laughs> I said to her, I said, well, at least it's just pot and not like meth or something like that. And she looked me dead in the face and said, it's all the same to me. <laughs> and I looked her dead in the face and smiled. But in my head, I was like, God, the world would be a better place when people like you die. And I know that's a harsh thing to say, but that is a harsh reality that's true. <laughs> but I was just So coming from somebody who doesn't typically smoke, I feel like there's a definite difference in the quality based on the smell. Yeah, absolutely. Oh yeah, that's Dude, there's some stuff that I'll like when I used to get bud back in the day and it was what you call quote unquote brickweed, that Mexican brown um it doesn't have much of a smell at all to it. And when you when you smoke it, I mean, it's got a little bit of a scent, but it's nothing like the stuff that I get now with my medical card. When I pop open that container and my entire room now smells like weed because I just opened this container and none of it's even burned yet. Stank. It smells like some of it smells like a straight skunk. Like, mm. I don't know if you have skunks in Connecticut. Oh, we have skunks. Okay. Have you heard of this, <laughs> this exotic we're, creature we're called a that, skunk? We're not that disconnected from the world. Dude, they're I mean, right there. I mean, I know. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, I know Connecticut is pretty much like a small world in Terraria. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, I don't know if they have skunks in Connecticut. Do you have fire yet in Connecticut? What's that? Do you have fire yet in Connecticut? I'm just fire? saying, they don't have squirrels in some places yeah, in America. So sure. I, you know, I'm just like... what? What is? I'm just, I'm just making fun what of What is Dalton. this fire you speak of? It's, it's kind of like electricity, but, but acoustic. I, I don't know if you have any skunks in Connecticut. Sounds like a song from like Panic at the Disco 20, 15 years ago, or like Chiodos. <laughs> have a song. I don't know if they have. I don't know if they have skunks in Connecticut, and then the song isn't about nothing that has to do with that. They just decided to name that. So on the topic of music, I think the band is named Machine Head. Love Machine Head. What about them? And I think the name of the album is OK Computer. <laughs> Oh my god, you've just trolled us both really successfully. Wait. Fantastic. You know, Radiohead. Oh my god. No, I trolled yeah. myself. I was about Radiohead. to say, what? Radiohead. My, uh, you really knocked us, you got us good, dude. Let me go ahead and tell you. That one was, because like Dalton, Dalton was all getting, I was so excited. Dalton's getting all excited to talk about Machine Head because it's like a pretty hard metal band. Like, you know, one of the heavier mallcore slash, you know, grindy-ish. I don't know. They were, they were like alternative metal. And he was like getting all excited. And then you're like, you bring up a Radiohead album, which is like like the prog rockest grunge album of all time, basically. Oh, I done messed up. And that's like one of my favorite pieces of music. So I'm like... I'm also like, what the hell? Like, double kill. Double so, kill. The, so, the, so the highway on the cover of that album is a Connecticut highway. Because really? apparently Radiohead played a concert a couple months before they recorded that album and just took a picture from their hotel room of that highway and then had an artist, huh. like, render it. So if you actually, like, zoom in on the artwork, you can, like, see the, the big green signs for Hartford... For East Hartford and New Haven. Oh, that's that's cool. Huh. I wow, that's actually really cool. Random knowledge I acquired this week, along with what a pub sub oh, that's was. That's badass. Speaking of pub subs, Nate, what I... would you give Terraria? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you guys are never gonna have me on this podcast again. <laughs> no, this is great. I'm I'm honestly having a great so, time. This has been a, really a lot good of game, fun. And I almost gave it a score. And then I realized I had to bump it up because it has a fishing mini mini game. Oh. So, I give this mm. 
eight and a half guile haircuts out of ten slimes. <laughs> All right. It's got everything you like. It's got guile haircut. It, it's, it's got it's slimes. It's got fish. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. Let's go. Uh, let's go reverse order. So, Mikolov, what would you give Terraria? So, I'm debating whether or not to give this two scores. One for single player, one for multiplayer. Um, and maybe my score is going to be the average of the two of those. Because I found the multi... You can do whatever you want, baby. It's your score. <laughs> and I'll cry if I want to. <laughs> so, I, that's probably what I'm going to end up doing. Is I'm just going to average the two scores because... Single player experience to me was kind of meh, um, and I think that's what's kept me from this game for so long. Is I would just I would play it for a little bit, put it down, play it for a little bit more, put it down, and then just not go back to it. But the multiplayer has definitely changed how I approach single player. So if if it wasn't for that multiplayer aspect and being able to to get together with you guys a couple times and and actually like learn and laugh and you know just do some weird stuff fight big evil eyes yeah, together to live laugh and love with i us. might not be rating get to live laugh and love what's that <laughs> Li- live laugh love and slay slay <laughs> and and build um honestly like that that's what really got me into the game and that's when i went back to the single player now i'm like okay we did this in the multiplayer let me try and sure enough like Probably even, like, right up to, like, yesterday, um, I started finding, like, stuff in my own single-player campaign that I would not have found had we not played together, because I would probably have given up by then. It was it was actually Dalton that said something the other night where he was like, I've, I dug all this out myself. It's like, I just, this is all me. Like, all this open stuff, I did that. And so that kind of gave me the push to just, like, keep going in my world because that means if i just push at it a little bit and dig i'll get to where where i need to be yeah um and i want so well i was gonna say quickly just being in multiplayer and being able to bullshit with you guys while doing that digging made it a lot easier than when i tried to do digging in single player where like i had a podcast on or something it just it, it wasn't as entertaining but continue and and for me actually to bounce off of that it was on the Steam Deck while on the couch watching something on TV with my wife. So after after the kids went to bed. So again, yeah, it was it was more of a path. Did you do Borat? <laughs> I was, I was trying, trying to, set to up a not acknowledge yes. it. So I, you I, I tried to, and then to Nathan go through this. <laughs> I I knew when the words came out of my mouth that he was gonna immediately chime in. I just it didn't register. Until like five seconds. I said later. with who, and then Nathan just knew what I meant. And just started shaking. He's like, "Don't do it. Don't do it." This all could have been avoided. Yeah, it's like the South Park movie. It's really like the South Park movie. Don't do it. <laughs> um. So let let me do my rating before before uh, I I ruin this podcast. Um. So I would say I would give single player a six, and I would give multiplayer an eight. So if I average those two together. I'm going to go with um, seven zombies out of ten goldfish. Bold of you to assume that you could ruin the podcast when Willie is right there. <laughs> yeah, he's a regular. He hasn't ruined it yet. You pointed at me. Uh, yeah, that's where Dalton is on my screen, too, dude. 
<laughs> you actually pointed to me when you when you said Willie. It was kind of funny. He's just calling you a dick. So Willie, what's your? <laughs> He's not wrong. Well, I mean, I'll be honest. Um, one of the experiences I wanted when I started this episode or episode when I picked this game for the episode of the show was I really wanted to learn the game with other people. That's also why Mikelove reached out to me and said, hey, this is a game I'm interested in. I wanted to give it a fair shake before I never could. I'm like, that's the exact attitude I'm trying to bring. I would absolutely love to bring you on. So I was really stoked for that. And I was like, you know, happy about that. So that's what I wanted. And the fact that we all got that experience was awesome. I don't feel the need to judge the single player separately because I feel like the multiplayer is also part of the game and so i'm rating the game on the whole instead of as two disparate components so i think i'm just gonna ultimately give it kind of a, a flat score that expresses i had a great time i didn't really scratch much more than the surface but i expect to play it and have more fun with it and i'm gonna give it the sort of you know general approval score of uh eight mana crystals out of ten heart pieces this might be the first time that we've all given a different score. Nice. So I enjoyed my time with it, but much like I kind of, you know, I touched on, I much more enjoyed playing with you guys than I did solo. Mm. And I kind of did an, did an average in my head, like uh, Mikhailov did. And I think that I would give this as a whole seven and a half golden fish out of ten gold golden <laughs> fish. Now, Something I just realized, and I think we, <clears throat> we can do this post-questions, or we can do it right now. But not only is the next game the fan-picked game, but gentlemen, that means that we have to end the last poll. That means I get to make oh, a new snap. poll. Ooh. But gentlemen, there is a fucking tie. Is it really? There is a tie. What? Four and four. There is a tie between Code Vein and Middle-Earth Shadow of Mordor. Hmm. Did I vote? I don't know if you did. What's interesting, though, right is Middle-Earth Shadow of Mordor tells, like, a different story take thing on the Lord of the Rings stuff, but it really has nothing to do with the movies. Code Vein. Yeah, Team Retro, you had you actually did vote for Shadow of Mordor. I did already. vote, darn. I was, I was really hoping I yeah. could break the tie live. <laughs> well, Code Vein is anime Dark Souls. Mm. So, we could either flip a coin, <clears throat> or we can just toss in our votes. If we're going to go votes, my vote is for Code Vein. I haven't voted on the poll yet either. So I will click yeah, Code Vein. I was going to waste my vote. I was actually going to vote for Wrestling I, Empire. Oh, believe me. <clears throat> I was going to say, I'm going to pick Wrestling Empire at some point because I don't think it'll ever win a poll. But I, it's going to be a game that we play at some point. Did you just vote so for ridiculous. Code Vein, Dalton? Okay. Yes, I did. All right. So we're at a tie again. <laughs> <laughs> Willie, congratulations. You get to pick the game, it looks like. Shadow of Mordor or Code Vein? He's cracking his knuckles. I don't know if this helps any, but Code Vein has combat like Dark Souls. Middle or Shadow of Mordor mm-hmm. is Batman with swords. That's a pretty <laughs> tough choice. I uh, do know Code Vein has a crazy character creator. Um, Shadow of Mordor, I believe, is the one that has the uh, nemesis that is the system. sequel yes. to Mordor. Um, Mo- the- Mordor has oh, a similar, is- like a like a... It has a cool system in it, but the Nemesis system started in Shadow of War, which is the game after that. 
But there's like a rudimentary okay. version of it in Mordor. That's pretty cool. Both games are great though. So this is tough. Oh, oh, oh! Shadow Blade Reload sitting over there got no votes. What if I voted for Shadow Blade Reload? What would happen? Well, then we would still have a tie, and I would have to flip a coin. Or, or we could all retract our votes and vote for Stalker Shadows Your Noble. Yeah, we could play Stalker as well because Stalker, that's like uh, kind of Fallout ish, but in Russia. And a bit more open-ended, I think. <clears throat> I think this might be the first time we've ever had to do this on air, because usually there's a pretty weighted it, winner. We probably should have put out an announcement before this episode. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited to make Heck a new yeah. poll, though. You know, I love yeah. doing that. Votes in. All right, then. Well, then that means I need to change this real quick to our last winner... So the next game that we're playing for the show, before we get into um, our questions for Terraria, the next game that we're going to be playing is the first Kingdom Hearts. And I do believe that we are going to split that into a two-parter um, and possibly throw a short game in the middle. We will report back on that depending on how we're feeling. Um, you know, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll let you know. So the winner of this poll is Middle Earth Shadow of Mordor. Um, if I can type, there we go. As a mostly viewer, sometimes star, I can't wait to hear what you guys have to it say. It seems about that like game. a you type of game to me, just from what little I do know about it. it seems like one that you'd be into. Sure. Yeah. No, it does. It definitely. I. I. It's not one that I'm in a hurry to play, but it is one that I'm excited Sweet. to hear your thoughts on. Well, I'll just give it a couple months. <laughs> Show. Besides, yeah. I don't want to overstate. No, we won't be on the show for another couple months. I don't feel <laughs> too crazy about it. So yeah, Shadow of Mordor sounds like it's going to be a pretty fun one to get into. So looking forward to seeing what that brings us. If it's anything like Dalton said, like Batman, Lord of the Rings, like I think that's going to be extremely my jam because the Arkham games are super fun. Yeah, I'm excited for that. And you guys yeah, played, an Arkham, played um, Arkham City for the show. Yes. It had the unfortunate <laughs> task of being played right before Spider-Man Remastered, which is just such a good game, too. It's a good thing you played I think Batman so, first, yeah. Because I think if you had played Batman second, you're, you, you would have been a much different conversation. Yeah, Batman was just slower and more methodical pace, and Spider-Man was so speedy and upbeat and fun, and like it was a great contrast. But I think doing it the other way around might I think have it been, would have been harder, I mean, it was harsher on Batman difficult. for sure. Mm, yeah, but yeah. So, yeah. Ooh, I thought I was gonna have to use a bottle. Oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah. So why don't we go ahead and jump straight into them questions? All right. So our first question comes in from some. What does it say? Some jackass from Connecticut. Okay. Um, <laughs> You mean that state? That's not a state? You mean North Dakota? Um, it's a small world. So this is from Team Retro. <laughs> what is your favorite mount in a video game? Doesn't have to be in an MMO. Could be Roach, Epina, Chocobo, etc. Oh, I asked this question in, in uh, the PSMB chat too. Oh, you sure did. Cool beans. So tell me if this counts because this is definitely one of my... I have two that are very similar. You got to tell me if they count. I uh, why am I so worried? Because I also have two that are very similar. So my two are okay. Rambi from Donkey Kong Country and whatever that little bitty polar bear cub's name is from the Crash Bandicoot series. 
Those would be my two favorite mounts. Tell me if nice. those don't count, but I feel like they should. I mean, you, you yeah. ride them. Those wicked so. count, dude. I think it's all fair game. Like, if you wanted to pick the rhino the, and from the first level of Donkey Kong Country, yeah, that's Rambies, technically dude, a mount. Dude. Oh, that's... Rambi the Rhino. He has a name? <laughs> I didn't know his name either, if that makes sense. Yeah, Rambi the Rhino. <laughs> oh, nice. A lot of them have uh, names. I think the swordfish no. is called Expresso. Yeah, the bird is called Expresso. No, wait, the bird is called Expresso. Is called On Guard. Yep, that's correct. On Guard. Touche. Wow, and I and I thought I was a nerd for knowing the names of the mounts in Kirby's <laughs> Dreamland too. So what about you guys? What are your favorite mounts? So I'll go ahead and knock mine out because I'm also trying to make a poll at the same time. So like my favorite two mounts are from the same game. And you get them from the same expansion and all of that. Like So, Final Fantasy fourteen. <clears throat> and in case you guys are wondering why I'm looking up, I put you guys on my third monitor up here. So, like, in Final Fantasy fourteen, um, the first set of uh, what you guys would probably know as Guardian Forces that you go and fight, like Ifrit, Titan, Shiva, all of them, they drop these horse mounts. Everybody calls them ponies. Like, the Ifrit one is, like, a reddish. Wow. And the, the main is, like fiery and the the hoofs have fire coming off of them in their steps and stuff um that sounds sick as there's a there's a rare drop it was actually the first one that i ever got to drop but it was a rare drop um that can drop from any of them called nightmare and it's a solid black horse with red eyes and its mane is uh i think it's fiery mane but then its feet put off this like greenish fire that looks super cool um and then the other mount is once you collect all of the uh, mounts from the different so you got the Ifrit one you got the Titan one you got the Shiva etc etc <clears throat> all of them except Nightmare um, you go and talk to a certain NPC and you do a quest and you can get Kieran now Kieran is the uh, like the Bahamut of the horses it's like a uh, <clears throat> it looks like a like a normal horse but its head looks like um, like a Chinese serpent dragon almost and it's like golden and when you when you're riding him you can jump and he's so nowadays any of the mounts can fly but back in the day you had your normal mounts and flying mounts well Kieran was the only one of the horses that could fly because when you jumped with him he would sprout these um I'll call them angelic but they're kind of like they're just like energy almost or like magic but they're these big golden wings and you can fly around on them and he's fucking super cool looking and I really like him so those are mine uh, nightmare and Kieran Nightmare is uh, available on the Moogle event right now. Is he really? Yeah, 30, 30 Moogle tombstones. I got a farm for it. I got three of the horses, and I'm probably going to have to get the other three, because now that you've described it, I kind of want that mount. It's awesome. You should. Well, when you said... Well, I guess all of us seem to be coming in twos. So when you said Epina, it actually really locked me into two of my favorite video game horses of all time. So, I wanted to throw out a shout-out to your only companion in the world of Shadow of the Colossus, the Agro. horse Agro. That was number three for me. Agro! <clears throat> yeah. I really thought y'all were thinking that similar direction, too. <clears throat> but uh, I think my number one, just because it's a horse from ancient legend that they make badass in the games, is uh, in the Dynasty Warriors, Lubu's infamous horse, Red Hair, is just... So cool, like the fastest, baddest horse in the world. Baddest mare in the whole <laughs> damn town. Yeah, I'll, I'll agree with that. Lubu, <clears throat> anything about Lubu in those games is just super badass. Hell yeah. 
Well, I'm afraid to answer my own question because last time I did that, my internet crashed. Yeah. No, I'm going to do it. I have two. They're both... (laughs) Two internets? I I wish I had two internets. One for the plug and one for the low. (laughs) Sorry. No, you're fine. I just... I I don't know how to react. (laughs) With with love and adoration. We'll, We'll go with that. Um, so no, there's just, there's two mounts that I just, I have actual emotional attachment to. And the first one is my Palamute from Monster Hunter Rise. Um, because the very first one that you get is customizable. And so Mm. I actually customize it, customized that Palamute to look exactly like my real life dog Frankie and oh. and actually the to, to talk about that dog really quick Frankie was my dad's dog and um, about a year before he died he he expressed that he couldn't take care of him anymore so I brought him home with me and he's still here he's he's 11 years old <laughs> acts like he's one and oh. and so like I have I basically went through the entirety of Monster Hunter Rise with my own dog that's and awesome. That that was kind of uh, and I'm I'm sorry, Dalton. I don't I know you just lost. One. Oh no, you're fine. Um, dude, you're fine. So I don't mean to like tr- I don't mean to like make you upset or anything, um, but that's the first one. Um, the second one is actually the chocobo you get in Final Fantasy fourteen because hmm. not only is that your very first mount, but it also you get to a point where. It battles alongside. Yeah, you can fight with it, and you, yeah, and you could actually level it up and and rank it up. You could change its color. You could change its barding. It's different from pretty much any other mount in the game. The other mounts are just kind of cool, and and they definitely have like nice shock value. Um, but your chocobo is an actual companion, and what really solidified me sticking with that as my mount was a quest in the Shadowbringers expansion, where you actually meet. Um, another adventurer's mount. Yeah, and that that adventure, I'm I'm not I'm gonna try and be a little vague, just in case anybody's gonna go through that expansion. You do end up talking to the adventurer, and the mount even talks. And the mount talks about how like they they were traveling companions and and they did everything t- together and and he was fiercely loyal and and still talks about him. And so the warrior is basically like, is there some, is there, is there a companion like that, that you have a chocobo perhaps? And it was just such a touching story that it made me want to have the same type of story. And ever since I did that quest, I haven't used any other mount in the game. I use my chocobo a lot because of that same reason. Because I feel like mm. when I have my Chocobo out and it's fighting with me, it looks weird if I summon another mount. Why would I not just yeah. hop on my Chocobo? So, yeah, right. I get you. Cool. All right. Now, Nate, real quick, before we move on to the next question, I want to quickly go through because the new poll is now made in live. Your choices. Yeah. Actually, let me, let me move you guys down here real quick so I can stop breaking my neck trying to see you guys. There you are down here. So, we got Arcanum of Steamwork and Magic of Obscura. B choice is Nosferatu, Wrath of Malachi. C choice is the Elder Scrolls III Morrowind. 
D is Definity 2 Developer's Cut. And E is Sid Meier's Civilization 5. Yeah, you did. Voted. Oh, <laughs> boy. <laughs> I, I, I will be shocked if something beats Morrowind, but like Civ 5 is real fun. And don't sleep on Divinity 2 or Arcanum. I don't know anything about Nosferatu. Oh, Nosferatu. I was going to say, this This feels like a two-horse race already between Civ 5 and uh, Morrowind. <laughs> have, have any of you played either of those two? Oh, I, I've played Morrowind. I've played Civ 5 a lot. I've played a brief flickering I've played of a lot Morrowind. of both. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Anyways, I just wanted to get that out there. Uh, next question. Yeah, this one is from Fenris. What is your greatest achievement in a video game? Could be a trophy or achievement type of thing or something you personally struggled to accomplish. This is from Fenris. Uh, I don't know if you guys heard me earlier, but I got nice. over 75,000 points in Hero. And 45,000 points in Megalomania, so Activision owes me two badges. I feel like I've talked about this recently, but I think it was finally beating that Colossus that I was stuck on in Shadow of the Colossus. I was stuck on it for two and a half years. Yeah. And when I finally beat it, like that was a seriously satisfying yeah. moment. Um, and I think... And Fenris can relate to this because he's he's heard me in Final Fantasy fourteen talk about tank anxiety. People can be real assholes to tanks. Like, real bad. I've seen it. I've had it happen to me. And uh, the fact that I was able to take my Paladin to max level at the time and get over my tank anxiety was a big personal achievement for me. So I'll put that in there as well. I'll, I'll give an unironic answer. Um, I think mine is either beating... Um, Final Doom Plutonia on Ultra Violence, although I did use uh, Continuous. I didn't play it like Pistol Starts or whatever. Uh, but I mean, I, I did beat it, so, you know, it's the hardest commercial classic Doom game. So that's something on the on the hardest non-joke difficulty level. Um, otherwise, um, I would say beating Contra without using the up-up-down-down down code. Nice. Yeah. That has to count for something. I, that actually does count for something. I cannot hear up, up, down, down anymore without thinking of Xavier Woods. Fair enough. Yeah, Mine is definitely getting second place in the world for um, speedrunning Predator. It's kind of hard to beat that one for me. Yeah, man. You still <laughs> hold still that? second, yeah. yeah. Fuck yeah. That's what's up, dude. That's what's up. For me, it was beating the original Skyward Sword. Not just beating nice. it, but getting the Hylian Shield and... Getting all of the pieces of heart, which anybody who's played Skyward Sword knows that those are two near impossible feats. Nice. Now, did you... Especially because I think the Hylian Sword is the only sword in that game that doesn't have durability. Like every other shield in the game, that game breaks. What is up oh, with damn. Zelda games and durability stuff recently? It's interesting, too, because Skyward Sword is not really praised as a as a zelda game it's like one of their least um applauded game and yet they double down in a lot of the mechanics the stamina system is from skyward sword the durability system is from skyward sword the gathering system is from skyward sword so it's this experimental game that like not a lot of people liked and they somehow turned yeah. it into a masterpiece how a lot of the uh architecture from skyward sword might be seeing a redux in tears yeah. of the kingdom yeah hopefully yeah, not no the motion controls, controls. thank god <clears throat> all right nope and i i actually bought a copy of skyward sword hd because i'm like i can actually play this game without 
having to swing my arm around like a crazy person, <laughs> it's not good. It's it's <laughs> actually sure. harder. Can you still do the motion controls with like the with the Wiimote? Wiimotes. You can. You could do them with the Wii remote, but like yeah. trying to play in handheld mode with just the Joy Cons, everything is just relegated to the right stick, and you can't mm. move the camera. I don't think you can move the camera in the original, anyways. But yeah, yeah it's frustrating because you don't just fl- you don't just flick the the stick to right in the direction. You have to actually like move it to the left, and then your your hand moves, and then you have to flick it to the right. Yeah, it's very not, jarring. That's not, uh, doesn't feel like a pleasant motion. That, that does. No, it really it's it's weird. Like they could have done so much better with it. Like they could have assigned the yeah. it to buttons. All right. I guess we'll go to the next question. This one comes in from Master Loot. What do you think about while you're doing menial slash boring work? Well, when I'm not thinking about some of my hot friends' butts. <laughs> uh, <laughs> damn, I tried to get through that without getting. Oh, that, thanks. <laughs> I, I'm glad you think of me. Yeah, no problem, man. No problem. Uh, money, money, checks in the mail, by the way. Um, oh, thanks. But I, I tend to think about like whatever game I'm playing. And like, so if I'm playing an RPG and I'm like, oh, you know, I wonder if I were to create a druid and put it in my party, how would that affect it as opposed to the ranger that I have and, and, and little things like that. Um, or I'm listening to a podcast in my ear when my boss isn't there. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I'm usually just trying to hash, hash things out in my brain, be it, uh, life things, game things, anything like that. It's usually when I am doing things where I don't really have to focus on what I'm doing. My brain is definitely elsewhere. Yeah. Luckily for me, like I kind of don't have that kind of lifestyle. I work from home and if I am bored doing something, I don't have to think because I have the luxury of just being able to put on headphones and listen to music or listen to a podcast. So I try to think as little as possible. Music definitely helps. And when I was working at places where I couldn't have my own music, I would often just kind of hum it in my own head from memory. I want, I'm not even kidding. When I used to work at a, a warehouse doing uh, sports memorabilia related stuff, I would go in every day, and the first thing I would do when I started my job was to hum the entirety of my favorite Machine <laughs> Head album, OK Computer. <laughs> no, but really, I, I would circle. actually hum all over. I would actually hum all over Radiohead's OK Computer to myself and kind of sing along to some of my favorite parts. It got me through the first hour, and then after that, you know, whatever. Often the next one would be Gorilla's Plastic Beach because I like that album way more than anyone else in the world. I mean, music helps for me too, um, but most of the time I'm just thinking, how can I get through this menial task in the fastest way possible <laughs> so I can go back to gaming? Sounds good. I mean, maybe maybe not always gaming. That's just a joke. But like, you know, I can get through this if we spend time with the kid or you know, things like that. Like, just trying to figure out the most efficient way to finish the job so that I can get back to doing the cool stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. All right, our last question for the week comes in from our good buddy Adam over at the Revival and Extinction podcast. As we approach Mother's Day in my country, hashtag Australia, I, I added that part. He didn't say hashtag Australia. Um, I want to know who are your favorite mums slash moms from gaming or anime. I will start us off with your from Spy X family. I probably didn't say that right because I'm not a weeb. And why is the X no, there? It's just Spy Family. <laughs> I don't know. I have always called it Spy X Family, so that's good to know <laughs> that it's just Spy Family. <laughs> it's like I also say Hunter X Hunter. The, I was literally going to say the X is also Silent Hunter. Is it really? Goddamn. Yes. 
Yeah, it actually is. Well, um, so favorite moms. I, I, I mean, I hate to say that I can think of a least favorite one, and it's from the mom from Pokemon who's like, hey, you're 12. Get out. <laughs> um, I need you to go on a very long quest while me and Professor... I mean, just go. <laughs> I was going to say, I'm pretty sure it's, it's canon that uh, they're dating, that she's dating the Professor. Yeah, I would not be Hey, surprised. kid, fill this Pokedex while I fill your mother. <laughs> um, something, something, Pokeballs, something, something. Something, something, lick a tongue. Um, <laughs> man, I'm trying to think of moms. I love my own mom. She's not in any anime, but I could make that happen. I mean, I've got one if you need a couple minutes to think. Yeah, please. Um, Eris's mom from Final Fantasy VII. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's right. Especially when they redid her for the remake. Because... I haven't played the remakes. I don't know what all they changed. I mean, the the general idea of the character is is pretty much the same, but they definitely made her act more concerned. Um, just, Just the fact that... She basically tells Cloud to leave because she's trying to protect Ares. It doesn't work out, unfortunately. Well, unfortunately for Ares, but fortunately for the world. Um, you know, it doesn't work out, but she's just... Her story is tragic. Her putting all of her energy into caring for Ares is admirable. And, and you could just see that there's just pure love there. And her wanting to... It's just... just she's a, a true mom. She just do wants to do everything in her power to protect her girl. I mean, it's not. And again, maybe this is just because of my personal life situation. But like, there's a bond there, despite the fact that it's not her biological daughter. And there's just yeah. a true. It's it's it doesn't matter that that's her kid. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay, so now that you've said that, you got me thinking about some Final Fantasy games. I would also like to give a shout to Zell's mom in Final Fantasy VIII. Mm. She's just a nice, a very nice lady. But my bigger shout in Final Fantasy VIII, talking about mothers that aren't blood but act like it, and spoilers for Final Fantasy VIII if you've never played it. Oh, yeah. This is a big whole spoiler. I think I know where you're going with this. Um, being the matron of the... Um, thank you. That, God, orphanage. Damn, the orphanage where all of the party members, you just find out they all grew up together. Um, which, again, I want to say... Final Fantasy VIII needs a remake like Seven's getting because there's so much they could flesh out and make more more sense of <laughs> instead of cramming it all in the last disc. Mm. But um, but yeah, Adia definitely. Um, Poor, good arc. Eight had a great story, great music, and people just couldn't get over the draw system. I mean, it did have some mechanical issues, and it also had the issue that it felt like there were like four or five different plots and it didn't know which one it wanted to be the main one and I think it picked wrong in the end. Mm. That soundtrack though, pure fire. Yeah. Oh yeah, dude, I love the Worf the theme like yeah, Fisherman's Rising. So yeah, so I'll go Adia is mine. Yeah. Um I said a yeah. or uh anime as a choice too. And I, I have got to say I love Chi Chi constantly not only browbeating oh, yeah. Goku but or Gohan and Goku. Like Trying to keep both of them in line. I mean, she can't do it because Goku is super duper powered and just flies off to go fight things at, at moment's notice. But she does her best to try to make sure Goku does some parenting duty. And you just gotta love her for trying. And she still is a fearsome figure. Quick I wouldn't question. mess with her. Did Bulma ever have kids with Vegeta? Yeah, Trunks, Trunks? is okay. Trunks is their kid. Um, one of my, I'll, I'll give a shout out to Bulma. Because I love 
there's yeah. an ep- oh go ahead i i I almost went with Bulma that I realized, wait, Chi-Chi does more because she actually tries to rein in Goku, whereas Bulma knows she's not going to get Vegeta to do I, anything. I don't think it was from Dragon Ball Z. I think it was one of the newer series, but there was an episode where Beerus, like the mm. Egyptian cat god guy, yeah, this he is, like, th- I don't remember what exactly happens. Bulma says something to him, and he like smacks Bulma or like pushes her down or something, and everyone's afraid that Beerus is going to destroy the planet. And in that moment, Vegeta loses his ever-loving goddamn mind and goes Super Saiyan who whatever the hell and beats Beerus's ass and it is awesome. <laughs> it is absolutely awesome and it's, it's like you don't hurt a good mama, you get <laughs> fucked up. Well, while we're on the subject of Toriyama mothers, <laughs> yeah, I'm a really big I think fan I know where you're going with this from one. Dragon Quest Eleven, who is Hero's adopted mother. Yeah, that's right. That yeah, was not I where I thought you were going. Fantastic. Nice. She's just a sweetheart. Everybody in town loves her, and she takes care of the town while everybody else is having a conniption at the basically end of the world when Mordigan takes over. Just like she's just such a good character, good person, and I really like her a lot. Mm. Keeping that little township anchored and keeping them sane yeah. through all these crazy transitions they've gone through. Well, Can we argue that Tara's a mother at the end of Final Fantasy VI? Or like at the halfway point. Oh, absolutely! Point. If, if we're if, if we're arguing about foster parenting, mm-hmm. like literally the entire point of the World of Ruin version of Terra is that she found something that she cares about other than fighting. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's another one that kind of pulls at the heartstrings. Like she just she she forgoes her her true power just to be a mom. Yeah, absolutely. Which Tori other Tori other mother think I was talking about, Willie? Um, I. Actually, kind of thought you were. I, I was thinking of like other notable moms from games with Toriyama art, and thought you were thinking of maybe Luca's mom from uh, Chrono Trigger because yeah. she also went through a lot and sacrificed a lot. <laughs> I didn't. I guess. Unless you time travel really good, <laughs> you you know that you can save. <laughs> Oop. Oh, whoop! I gotta finish my Chrono Trigger playthrough. I'm trying to actually like go through with as many cats as possible, which I've never done. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, I guess right. that's all of them. Yeah, that was, that was it. All right. <clears throat> All right, well, then that just leaves some house cleaning. Oh, then wow. If you would be so kind, in fact, if you would, uh, would you kindly uh, go over to iTunes or Spotify and leave us a five star review if you deem us worthy. If not, leave us a five star interview. <laughs> Jesus Christ, leave us a five star review anyway and talk shit to us. Whatever you want, just give us those five stars. It really helps us out in the algorithm. If you would like to come join the Discord, that's where all the good happening happens. Discord. Uh, God damn it, bit.ly slash TSMP Discord, all capital letters. I'm going to get through this, I promise. If you want to check out the website, which is up to date because of one Mr. Puzzles, Dane himself. Thank you very much, Dane. It is bit.ly slash the Steam Machine Discord. Oh my God. <laughs> Holy shit, what is wrong with me? I guess it's 1 o'clock in the morning. It's one twenty in the morning. It's okay. Bit.ly slash the Steam Machine podcast capitalized phonetically if you would like to join the Patreon, which I would really, really appreciate because it does help me pay for my insurance and I need that. Uh, Patreon.com slash the Steam Machine podcast. And if you donate $10 or more a month, you can get your name read out on each and every episode like these wonderful people Nate Sir Coxworth, the 7th of Juniper, Jeff the Original Expendable, Mr. Syllables, Old Jeffy Lube himself, Arisa Adam, shout out to his podcast, Revival and Extinction, James the Steam Machine, Hall Monitor Hall, Team Retro, check him out over on YouTube, and Mr. Puzzles Dane himself. Thank you all very, very much. I do appreciate it. And 
Shout out the Yazpod, yet another BS podcast. You can check me out on that bi-weekly now. Uh, the off weeks of Steam Machine, you can hear me over on Yazpod. You can check out the JRPG report. That pretty much is going to start coming out whenever there's news. Um, if you want to check out a shirt or the uh, <clears throat> coming soon Yazpod gay hat, uh, tsmpproductions.threadless.com. Uh, and if you like the show music, nilethenightmare.bandcamp.com. And again, please leave us a five-star review wherever you get your podcasts. Gentlemen, is there anything that you guys would like to plug before you go? Team Retro, plug your stuff, my good sir. Well, Team Retro on YouTube, but I also want to uh, thank you personally, Dalton, for letting me use your music in my videos. Oh, yeah, no worries at all, man. No worries at all. Um, but other than that, um, thanks for having me on for the second week in a row, and oh, hopefully yeah, I'll will. see you again in the future. Yeah, man, you'll be back for sure. You'll be back for sure, even though you yeah. ruined this episode. <laughs> thanks for coming back. Well... I world of ruined yeah. this episode. <laughs> Don't worry, you're pretty a little bit sad about it. Oh. 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 And on that oh. note, take it easy.